Hey guys, this is Jim Fix, a.k.a. Fillmore. For those of you who love QF, a podcast about Howard Stern, and would like to donate some money, there's two ways now you can do it. Uh, You can join our Patreon page, which is listed in the graphic you're seeing now. But also, if you'd rather not do a subscription-based thing, even if it's a buck a month or what have you, uh, you can use our PayPal account, which would be jimfix76 at gmail.com. And you can donate whatever you like, however you like, uh, one of those two ways, and we'd more than appreciate it if you'd like to do so. Thank you very much. Oh, well, all these guys are around, and they don't do my show. And, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. I go nuts when I see these guys on Letterman and Jon Stewart, and I see them on these other shows, and it's a non-interview. Now, I didn't see the Letterman one, but I'm sure it was filled with drivel. Oh my god, look at that. There's, there's, there's Led Zeppelin <laughs> sitting in those chairs. Oh my god! That's like when I used to go visit my grandpa in the old age home. There were three guys sitting there like that. Did you, did you ever see. Um, no, no, they're going to come in here. Danny yeah, thinks they're going to come now in. Now they're going to promote. Did you ever see the picture of Robert Plant? You know, he was up at the station about two years ago. There was, at Kingston took a picture with him. Yeah. And Kingston put it on his door. Did you ever see it? No. It looks like Robert Plant ran out of money halfway through the operation to become a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Was there any substance to the interview? No, it was very boring. Right. He, he was fawning over them, and they weren't giving answers. You know, I got to tell you, I know Dave just got the Kennedy Center honors. If there was a God, I'd have the Kennedy Center honor, because I get a hold of people, and I ask them questions. So, so Danny Bush said, come on over, meet Led Zeppelin. They're all going to be together. It's very rare, very rare. So <laughs> I, I was like, that's a good Danny Bush. And he goes, and, and the guys are thinking of coming on your show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was like... I go, okay. I go, I said, you know, I'm not even sure I want to meet those idiots. I'm a huge rock fan. I have a huge amount of knowledge about rock. I'm a rock DJ. You know what's a bullshit line I still get from publicists that makes me crazy? And I used to get it back in the day. Yeah. Oh, um, he's not doing radio. Yeah, he's lucky to have gotten away with it. Yeah, listen to this loon. And his shirt's open. And his, you know what? And his chest wasn't even that good that he had his shirt open. I didn't think the shirt open. He's prancing around like a fruit. I know. All those rags he's yeah. wearing. Please. <laughs> Because I'll tell you why, you're lazy motherfuckers. When you were out on the road and Led Zeppelin was a band just starting, and you were busy ripping off these black guys, ah, these motherfuckers. <laughs> guys who were my heroes. I, I, you know what? I spent more years at radio stations promoting the careers of these guys. It's just a sprinkling for the May Queen. What a Whatever bunch of fruits. <laughs> well, I'm excited, as I said earlier this morning. Here he is, a rock god. Now, you know, do you think Jimmy Page was the great love of your life? <laughs> now, now, seriously. Welcome, everybody, to QF, a podcast about Howard Stern. I'm your host, Fillmore, a.k.a. Jim Fix. And with me, of course, is Sam. Guys, we're going to do part two of the um, rescinding uh, featuring Robert Plant, uh, aka No Clue. And uh, this is just a promo to explain to you guys that if you don't hear this on YouTube, if we're not able to put it on YouTube, it's most likely because they've done their best to bury this interview because you've never heard it on replays and stuff. And uh, you certainly haven't seen it again on YouTube. So if you did and you're going to have to listen to it on one of the apps, well, we apologize, but that's, that's going to happen sometime. It, don't, <laughs> it, only happened, it only happened one time before, but that was like 
uh, April of last year or March, yeah. something about Beth, I think. Yeah, I it was a while ago. The, if this interview was like, you know, Joe Pesci and Goodfellas, they couldn't get rid of start pouring dirt on that body fast enough. He was still breathing in the hole. Oh my lord. <laughs> they so, were just like Nikki Santor, they're like, get rid of this interview right now. Okay, it so never happened. <laughs> when we finished off, okay, first off, also thanks to an special extra special thanks to Kayla. I don't know if I did officially a message. I know I messaged you privately and said because she sent a little Christmas bonus. Uh, and uh, I know it's a long time since Christmas, but I don't think I have uh, mentioned it on the show. If I did already, then I apologize, Kayla. That's just senility rearing its ugly head. Um, so thank you so much. And all the new Patreon subscribers, thank you so much. We appreciate every little bit. Uh, C.A. Thompson, uh, thank you for uh, subscribing. And a few other people have done the PayPal thing, which I, I completely forgot you could, I could do that option, but uh, it, some people have taken advantage. So thank you all. It's all going back into the show. Sam's going to get her little audio interface, and we're all going to be like little Borg and be plugged in and looking like um, <laughs> Robocop or something. It's going to... <laughs> Pretty soon I'll just be surrounded by a wall of monitors and mics. <laughs> Wires. <laughs> you could shoot around me. Exactly. So the last time we were into this, uh, we played clip number one, Wiggy chubbing up for Percy, and he was explaining about, um, <laughs> <laughs> he was explaining about, uh, you know, oh, he's, Fred, shut up, make sure you're not here. But then the next clip is called number two, Camp Well Met was Wiggy's Nebworth. <laughs> that you know, when I when I think of your life, because you became a superstar at such a young age, you probably really never had to have a regular job where you got up at five in the morning. Oh and yeah, had, I did. You did, mm. but for a very short time. Well, yeah, I I rose through the ranks. I was uh, you know working on the blacktop. Yes. Uh, Ashfeld. It was a good start to the day. About six o'clock in the morning, you get up. You had to start the dumper truck. You were the guy who they hired <laughs> to put asphalt down on roads. Yeah. Was it? Okay, we're going to continue to that, as you guys know our limitations. He wants him to be this pampered rock asshole, basically. He's, that's what, the projection is strictly, you know, you never had to do a day's work in your life. He completely fucked up. He, he, he didn't read anything about his life clearly or that much no. about it. No. And you're right, he's just projecting on a lifestyle that didn't actually exist. He's not yep. really interested in hearing about the blacktop days. No, and he's not. Howard, Howard wants to be the only guy who got up at four in the morning. Right. You know? <laughs> like, who, and what does that matter? Like, what difference does it make if you get up at two and work hard or you get up at four? If you're working, you're working. I mean, what is his obsession with getting up in the morning? <laughs> Well, I think it's 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 to basically project his own lifestyle, the fact that he does nothing for himself. So he wants people to be as useless and as uh, entitled as he is, basically, to sh make him appear normal. Everything's about, t tell me that I'm normal. Tell me that you have a shusher. <laughs> yeah tell me and also and also to and say don't object to the lifestyle that i'm giving you that i'm telling you you had even though it's your life exactly so and you know he's being nice now by the way yeah. about how he's couching this and saying oh not really i did get up and do blacktop or you know i yeah. I did road work when, uh, yeah, so yeah. yeah, I got up and I did work, you know, he's being nice about it now. It stops being nice after a while, which I enjoy. Oh yes. And the other thing is guys, the, the, what I love is 
he equates washing dishes at the camp to doing manual labor. (laughs) (laughs) All the guys down at the docks, they can tell you, man, well, Matt was just like loading an orange juice truck. I'm for you in the sense that, you know, I did a lot of manual labor before Mm. I got into radio (laughs) and it was some of the happiest times of my life. It was great. And I kept telling everybody, it was a different grade of humor and a culture or lack of it. Right. It was very funny. Very funny. And everybody used to take the, uh, the rise out of me because, um, I was on a, on, you know, kind of on a mission. Yeah. I knew what I wanted to do. And Everyone was, knew you wanted to be a musician. Yeah. Um, I never actually made the grade. I, so basically this is plant in a nice way, trying to say he grew up with a lot of low, low class, you know, like not low class, but generally like working class stiffs and they were very rough and you know, they weren't as worldly as he would become, but he didn't like it. He's fine. And he still lives in that area. As far as I know, he still lives in, um, the, uh, you know, sort of the wild part of, of England. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of Artie's story where, you know, he never really stopped being that guy on the docks trading right. insults with his coworkers. And he always knew he was, you know, going to do something more sure. and was angling for both, but he never stopped being that guy. Right. And he never shit on where he came up, came, came from. And he never said, you know, he did every now and then he would throw a thing like, um, uh, you know what, you know what, Nick, if I wanted to fuck with you, I'd say the elevator in my house broke down <laughs> <laughs> and he'd, he'd throw money at sometimes at people, but you know, it was, it was all for a joke most of the time anyway, until he got really mean and nasty, but basically plant is, and, and if you look at most interviews he's done with other people that George, George Strombolopoulos, for, for example, great, great fucking interview. Look at Strombo. S-T-R-O-M-B-O on um, YouTube. He has a channel. He's also got a a channel uh, called House of Strombo. And the fucking interviews he does, including Plant twice, were amazing. They're really, this is a guy who knows how to interview. He's a young guy, uh, Toronto kid. And I think, or he's uh, Southern Ontario, maybe not Toronto. But uh, he knows how to fucking interview people and to make them feel relaxed. And they give, they divulge. Wiggy, <laughs> Wiggy's thing is really so much. Let me throw mm. this ball against the wall and hope. I hope I hit. Hope uh, I hit. It's, that's... Being a singer is not quite like being a musician. But the guy, why didn't you study guitar and uh, all of that? Uh, stuff? Was that not of interest to you? I mean, you're you're so into oh, music yeah. and different mm. styles of music. You never decided to play an instrument. I mean, and go full out. Yeah, uh, no, I had a lucky seven guitar, um, which was 19 shillings, which is just uh, <clears throat> just under one English pound I got. And I had some guitar lessons. Uh, I had two. Yeah. And um, I started learning how to play. So he, he could have found this out just by reading and just, and who cared? Like, ultimately, why didn't you pick up the guitar? Okay, it's a valid enough question, but ultimately, he doesn't want, he doesn't does want to make? talk about what it. What difference yeah. does it make? Yeah, like, I mean, did you, did you eat with your left hand or your right hand? Yeah. <laughs> it's <you> minutia. <laughs> yeah. Like w- let's have an actor sit and be like, why didn't you take piano lessons? Right. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? Right. <laughs> Whereas, you know, 20 years earlier was, do you take it up the ass? Something by the shadows, you know, Cliff Richard's backing band. A bit like the ventures, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And then my mom decided that I was getting too engrossed in the devil's music and that I had to get the hell out of there. So yeah. I started training to be a chartered accountant. And then the next clip is one of our favorite guys. It goes into the thing. Number three, was Jimmy Page the love of your life? Or plus, if songs were children, Wiggy would hate music. Do you think now, you know, 
do you think Jimmy Page was the great love of your life? <laughs> now, now, seriously, when two guys... No, 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 I don't mean it that way. I mean... His reaction is exactly our reaction, which makes it so much better. Yeah. I remember at the time thinking that, um, it, it, just seeing, like, was I the only one that reacted the same way? And if you look online, almost universally, everybody said, unless you were on drugs, this was the worst interview he'd ever done. I guffawed when this came, when the, he asked that. I remember being in the car and literally <laughs> burst out laughing just the same as I did now. Like, <laughs> what? I gave what? Yeah. I and couldn't so this believe is... how embarrassed I was. I felt flushed. I was palm sweating, grabbing my <laughs> steering wheel. I was like, what the fuck did he just say? Did you also think like, okay, this is this is the start of something horrendously bad? And it's just going to yeah. get worse? Or did you think this was an anomaly? That's just a stupid question. He'll rebound. No, I knew this was it. I go, this train is off the track. It's going to just keep, you know, like <laughs> back to the future three. The track is gone, but it's going to yeah. keep on chug-a-chewing right into the ravine. <laughs> it was such a marriage. I'm hung up on this. Hmm. The two of you guys together. So true. You know, you made beautiful music together, like they say about a man and a woman. You made beautiful music together. He sounds like Pepe Le Pew and Bugs Bunny. Come with me, come with me to the Casbah. We shall make beautiful musics together. You can't talk about him now. He's a rapist. He's canceled. Um, yeah. I, I'm sweating. Yeah. <laughs> like perspiring. Poor Speedy Gonzalez is gone too. He got culturally, miserably culturally appropriated. All it's these so great. Yeah, but it's fine. It's fine. It's it's all it's all right. We we have Cardi B gyrating on a bed for kids to see in a stripper shoe, basically grabbing cash out of a heel. That yeah. sounds fine. But you can't see a coyote get blown up. What's this world coming to? The odds of the two of you finding one another are a billion to one. You get together. You grow up musically. You create this body of work that is mind-blowing. Brings chills to me right now, as I say, to think of all of the, the great albums and, and, mm. and, 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 and how important those albums were to me. <laughs> so it's about what they're here to him. <laughs> and when he knows he's fucking up, he starts yeah. stuttering. Yes. And then, 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 uh, the, the, just, he can't get it out. And his teeth start gnashing over each other. I hate when he says superstar. Well, I do you hate that. Do you feel that this question, for example, like he has a bunch of notes in front of him, obviously, but do you think this is one that he just come up with because it's so unstructured? Do you think he was the great love of your life? And then he decides, you're, I don't know what the problem is. He starts meandering. Is it because the laugh threw him off and he expected this serious, this question to be answered seriously? Oh, you're exactly right. The laugh completely insulted him, threw yeah. him off, and now he is... He is the emperor with no clothes and he knows it. So he's just trying to find clothes anywhere. He's like, yeah. where are my clothes? Where are my clothes? <laughs> Look, here's a G string. <laughs> that laugh completely blew the lid off of his. I'm the best interview of all time. Yes. I truly believe that this laugh was the moment where everyone collectively in their cars and in the room were like, <laughs> pull, oh, my God, pull, pull, pull he's naked. The side of the road. He's not great. He has a wig on and he's naked. Well, he has a wig on, and we know he's naked when he's listening to certain bands with Ralph. But uh, let's continue. But, Paige, I don't know what the relationship's really like and why you guys don't tour and stuff, but it seems to me 
that you share a love. That, that, I mean, what you uh-huh. created, it's like creating all of these children together, these songs. <laughs> I can't, I can't do this. It's just so bad. I'm, I'm the back of my neck is just perspirating. This is so bad. Why is Um, he doing this to me? (laughs) The next one is, it's a little longer clip and we'll go through it. It's called Kennedy Center Question. And if you recall in the previous thing, he went on a rant when Tommy from Malden called in saying like, you know, Dave's hosting the Led Zeppelin on their show and uh, because they were doing the Kennedy Center and they're getting honored and I should be getting the Kennedy Center (laughs) honors. I should be hosting them. Howard should be, according to Howard, he should have had an Oscar. He should have had a Kennedy Center honor. He should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He should also have the Radio Center, whatever the hell they do. What are those called? Marconi's? Yeah, yeah, of course. The the uh, the best, you know, the Marconi Awards. Yeah. (laughs) The Radio Hall of Fame Awards. (laughs) Now, here's the thing. That's 2012. This is 2017. Late 2017, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. He has, he has... Um, five years to prepare for this fucking interview. Oh my God. And longer. And this is what he comes up with. So we'd have known from the very first note that we ever played. Isn't it almost like, Oh, by the, the way, I've got a record out. Yes. I, well, we're going to get to That's, that. Record. We're going to talk we're, about you yeah, got, yeah. You're going to be yeah. here for like 17 hours. Uh, we're going to go all the way through your you life. Go. This, yeah, is it. this is it. <laughs> you're never going to do another interview. You're going to be, <laughs> you can just hear like the fear in Robert's voice. Oh my God. It's like a hostage situation. It's like, oh my God, I didn't realize yep. um I'm in an Al Qaeda video. Like what's That's happening? Totally. It's Awful. powers booth it's powers booth in, in sudden death going, uh, now I agree. I think we can all agree that the mayor's wife has been incredibly annoying. <laughs> I think that <laughs> Don't you think it's like misery when he first gets rescued and then he realizes he's not going anywhere? <laughs> 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 by, the way, by the way, I think his interview was 90 minutes long. <laughs> Can you please put in a clip of that? What, misery? Yeah. Hold on, let me see here. He's so burnt out after this. Do you, you think know, I like this sort of shit? I don't know, do you? I mean, you know what, though? I get, you know, when I was watching you, uh, when President Obama, you, the, you know, Led Zeppelin, Letterman, what was that? The Kennedy um, Center The Kennedy honors? Center Honors. I'm yeah. watching that, and I've watched this video 50 times when Hart is singing Stairway to Heaven. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting next to Jimmy, and <laughs> and really their performance was a pretty damn good performance. I could. Would you even, this is a question, this is a serious question. Would you even, if you had, knowing what you know, <clears throat> had if you had one of those Zeppelin guys in studio and you were interviewing them, would you even mention Stairway to Heaven? I don't know. I, I don't know. It's so obvious and cliche. I don't understand. It's it's fine, but it's like what everyone knows about it. It's the most uninteresting thing about them, actually, because it's been talked about to death. I think it, I'm just thinking right now in my head that scene in Wayne's World when he's at the guitar shop and he's about to go into the riff for Stairway to Heaven. And then the guy, the guy at the store shows him a sign on the wall that says no stairway. <laughs> it should be it should be obvious to any interviewer that those guys just don't want to talk about well page might but uh they're they're when they're all doing stuff for fuck's sake they don't want to be there promoting led zeppelin crap 
unless they're promoting Zeppelin. He's got an album. Talk about it. If you want to go five minutes into the other and just start talking about, you know, a certain album or a certain song, that makes perfect sense. And I'm sure he's willing to roll with it. But what does the, the Kennedy, they don't care about these awards. They don't care about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They don't care about the Grammys, which he'll go into. Like, and it's also, what are you supposed to say about it? Like, yeah, I was yeah, there. It was a great performance. It. Yeah. That was wonderful. Mm-hmm. I sat there and watched people perform my songs, not as well as I could have. And listen to this segue. He just goes into saying, I'm going to burn you out and never let you leave to here. I'm going to compare this to you getting awarded this interview. He's kind of juxtaposing it as like, but you know, you were at the Kennedy getting awarded with president Obama. Howard, you are nowhere near this interview. If you're trying to compare this interview to getting honored and having Obama there, you're out of your fucking mind. You're crazy. Right. And so this, so he's hung up on it because I don't know. It's it's whatever is in his fucking pea brain, and it's just the most recent crap, and then it's not fully fleshed out. I have a feeling. I have a feeling. I'm not sure. First of all, he got a bunch of no minds in the back room giving him questions. But second of all, like if he was really smart, he would have had John Hine put the questions or, or Gary put the questions together because Gary's a huge rock fan. And he, I mean, Gary's an idiot as well, but at least the music, he would have been able to tell him about his solo stuff and do the research. But then that's not Gary's job. So he's not going to task Gary to do it. He also doesn't want to give Gary credit, I'm sure. Let's continue. And I I would have loved, by the way, if it was, you know, in the old days and it was Artie and Gary ripping on this interview on the wrap-up show. I mean, that is the most (laughs) awful part that we don't get that wrap-up show, that real wrap-up show. I mean, could you fucking imagine what they would have been? It would have been the best show of all time. It, it would have been it would have been legendary if they'd let real callers come in and call in and say, God, what the what a fucking train wreck that would have been. You know what? If that would have happened, that would have saved this. Yes. Yeah. Reality. Like someone saying or like, I mean, the only other interview I can think of that was almost as as good in terms of uh, people giving him shit on the spot in the moment was the Ringo interview, I think a year later or two years later. And Ringo was like, no, fuck off. You know, this is bullshit. This is a stupid interview. And I mean, he went, he went through it cause you know, he's, he, he, I guess he figured it's worth it. But, um, it, it, I was trying to think of this interview as bad as this. You know why this keeps happening though? And this goes along with a lot of what's going on in the media is these people in the media, this institutional media propagate this lie that he's the mm-hmm. best interview of all time, even though there's these examples. It's kind of like when I watched the inauguration speech, it was fine. It wasn't mm-hmm. anything special no offense Mm -hmm. and people were talking about it like it was jesus christ preaching or something it was crazy i was like did i listen to the same speech you did what are you talking about and so this is this is what i feel like when i'm listening to these media people keep repeating this lie it's not true well it's lazy journalism for one thing and it's a fallacy but beyond that it's just yeah absolutely not one of them listens and how would they know what a good interview is if they're not schooled, if they're not well-versed in what good interviewers do? So I think it's just a matter of the lowering the lowering of the bar. And in addition to, yeah, propagating the big lie, because it's the easiest thing. You pick, oh, the king of all media. You pick up on that and you start telling people, oh, he's the king of all media. Oh, he's the best interviewer. Why? Because he has a big swath of interviews in the past? No. And in fact, the best interviews, you said, you called it in the first episode, the best interviews are when he had, when the ball's like moving from person to person, Gary comes in, he has a question. He's allowed to ask. Artie has a question. Robin has a question for, for believe it or not, might be good. You also stop hearing from Howard and it's a break from his voice. 
it, correct. And he's, if he is talented at some things, it is directing the circus to mm-hmm. an extent where he would, when he did let that happen, he yes. was good at figuring out plays to pass the ball to get the interview to a different interesting level. For some mm-hmm. reason, mm-hmm. I don't know why he decided, let's stop that functioning great aspect that everyone loves and go to this. <laughs> well, that that's what the one thing I have to wonder, is it Marcy, is it him, or is it both of them? And just saying like, look, <clears throat> we, you want to be the big interviewer. It has to be about you. And I could see her pumping him up and just kind of greasing him and saying, greasing his fucking hole and saying, look, it's all about you. Get these other people off. There's no more wrap-up show. The wrap-up show is going to promote you. It's just going to be a kiss-ass fest. And uh, it's we because it, it was getting more traction. People were more interesting on the wrap-up show than the regular show. Yeah, he, that that had to be canceled. Plus his ego, even though maybe subconsciously he knows it was better before. Yes. He, he it gets to be about him. So ultimately, even if it's the product. Uh, it's not as good. He doesn't care because why not? It's more about me. Yes. And also he's already got paid. So he, he also realized well, after the the uh, second uh, bonuses were not met during the serious contract, like the subscriber bonus, um, that he didn't need to give any more effort. And once the lawsuit failed, that was the last gasp. And that was just like uh, Hail Mary. And when that didn't happen, he knew he wasn't going to get paid anymore for performances. So why fucking bother? He doesn't care about his audience, period, anymore. No. Never has. Not only when he was media, when he was ratings driven, he did care at one point. Oh yeah, and that was and that was the stupidest thing Sirius ever did. You, if you did, you take away the incentives and actually, you know, if you take away his marbles, you're gonna get more money. You're gonna get more like uh, money shots on the show when you decide. To, oh no, incentive free radio that helps nobody until you guys were into it, and you even shed a tear. Hmm. And I every now listen, I've watched that clip fifty times. What are you thinking about? Are you reflecting that heart sounds good? Or are you reflecting about Bonzo Bonham and saying, God, I wish he was here with us? I mean, why, why tell him his answer for him? Why not just ask him, what were you feeling like there? What was the feeling there? You seemed very uh, emotional, whatever. Just, and then let him, let him speak. No, it's a multiple choice test. Didn't you realize? <laughs> <laughs> it's like D, it's all like, of the above. Move on. It's like the DMV written test. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, Christ. It well, was something that moved you, and I, I'm dying to know. Well, what it was, was his boy was playing drums. Yes. Jason. Yes. And um, and you see, when I just recounted that story, me playing in a dance hall, and him standing and telling me about what, where, where he was at and what he could do for me, I thought all those years later, you know, um, that uh, it was just one ridiculous loss. And... Okay, so he was emotional about the, his buddy that was should have been there but wasn't there. Like that, he's the one guy missing in the band that could have been award, like uh, honored. Fair enough. But what do you? Th- what else do you think he was thinking about? What what could he have been thinking about? I could really well, use a ham sandwich. <laughs> I like the answer, which is good. But I love how Howard pounces on it right away and tries. He, I thought he was going to stampede the entire answer. But he's like, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. And I just, I'm like, why did he simmer down? But he also said it in such a way like, okay, this is my soundbite. I got my soundbite. Yes. Okay. This is the one. This is going to make me. (laughs) I'm going viral. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And his boy is an excellent drummer. And I mean, I 
me and Bonzo knew each other from the age of 16, so we couldn't even drive. We had a guy drive us in a van and, uh, uh, together. Oh, that's interesting noise. Yeah, that's your uh, mic. Uh, uh, you can make a song out of that. Yeah, and so we were together all the way through, often at loggerheads, often uh, taking a swing at each other. Right. And... Um, yeah. And all that stuff. But we were there in it all, like kids are, you know, right. all the way through. So that day there. So the uh, the reason why I kept this so long, guy, the, by the way, guys, because I didn't allow them. I just kept the questions and left the answers out is I wanted to pr prove to you that there is at some points it, it goes. It, it's fine. At some sections, it's, 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 it's a perfectly f normal interview. But then when it goes wrong, it goes painfully wrong. And you'll hear, you know, you'll just the interjections, the cutoffs. And then ultimately the, the questions just kind of go, it's almost as if he had a list of 10 questions and that was it. And once they were done, he was just spitballing. Yeah, it got it. <laughs> but it just also proves it wasn't his fault that the interview went off the track. It's entirely Howard's doing. Yeah, he he didn't react well to almost anything and when he didn't get an answer, he didn't when he didn't get an answer he liked uh, or when he got an answer he didn't like rather, it was um it completely threw him off as opposed to, you know, going around the curve, like like you just just sideswiping it and going on another avenue. Dennis DeMarco and I talked about this. It's like no listening skills as an interviewer. And when he goes later on and we'll talk about it, we'll bring up articles and talk about it. You have to learn where the interviews, you have to know where the interview is going and adjust accordingly on the fly. He's not been able to do that for fucking decades. Yeah. Well, that's because of his MPD and that's yes. another thing we learned. So it's trying to cast yourself as the best interview of all time when you have a disease that literally is the antithesis of that mm -hmm. i mean what a dummy you, yeah. you pick anything else anything right. and you could maybe slightly pass that off you can't be the best interviewer of all time because you're a horrible listener yes and uh, he said one of my strengths is i cut people off <laughs> yeah that's good <laughs> that's great there was a, a lot of emotion in the air for me and for everybody i'm sure you know so the thing <laughs> i hadn't would... been I, I mean i wasn't a convincing comedian by that at that stage in the proceedings but i'm getting ready for my new career now doing this slapstick shit so really <laughs> no, but, was, but what uh, you're saying is Oh my God, what an insult. <laughs> <laughs> what you're saying is, let me translate for you, those of you who don't speak Middle Earth. And then he also cut him off there. You heard he was just about to cut him off. That was totally wig. Like Plant stepped over it. Like he was going to interject all of a sudden, but Plant kept going and he shut his mouth. But later on that becomes less the case. It becomes like, no, I'm speaking now. <laughs> yeah. And he, seriously, that was a nice right hook. Uh yeah, and that's what I, you know, I'm going into comedy now and the slapstick shit. I mean, that yeah. really is a nice little jab to the chin. I think, yeah, absolutely. When that, when that love of your life question came, that was when Plant just decided, okay, this is, I know exactly where this is going. Cause he's an old hat. He's done thousands, like hundreds of interviews. Oh my There's God. There's a great one he did with Alison Steele, the Nightbird from 1975, I think. Check it out on YouTube. It's fantastic. And also she has, she always said the best voice, Alison Steele. But, yeah, um, we talked about her before. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, she, but she knew her shit. Like everybody, all the interviews you see or hear of her on, on, um, on, uh, on YouTube or whatever, SoundCloud, phenomenal. She, cause she knew her stuff. She knew, she loved the music. That was key. And people, he goes, I'm no. a rock DJ. The thing that Howard loved, the thing Howard loved, I hate, I hate you. <laughs> That's so embarrassing. That comment is so terrible. They Love hate it. that. Ugh. Love it. Ugh. 
he he equates the best rock stars and the people you notice he praises the most are the prettiest ones. He loves Chris Cornell. He loves the looks. The look of the rock star is what Howard is most fascinated with, not the music. Oh, sure. Rob Zombie, Adam Levine, guys that have an image, have a look and are a little twinky for him. Um, Yeah. And and you're absolutely right. It's it's predicated on what they look like. And Robert Plant. Okay. Visual. Who would have been the best Zeppelin guy to interview? Probably, probably John Paul Jones, who would actually, you know, um, he has such a, a storied career doing other stuff. And was a guy that did not, you know, to partake of the shenanigans. He had a family. He was very professional. He would show up to the gig on his own. He wouldn't be with the other guys. And uh, they couldn't control him. He was the one guy of the, the band who, and then produced and did all kinds of extra stuff, especially later on. So he's very capable. And he would have seen everything from the outside from a different perspective. I would have loved to have interviewed him. John Bonham. Who at 16 you meet, who is a kindred spirit. Uh-huh. I mean, it's like the Wizard of Oz. You guys met each other along the way mm-hmm. on the road. And, and to be 16 and you dropped out of school, mm-hmm. which I, I don't know how you had the balls to do that. <laughs> Did you go home and tell your father, I'm dropping out of school to be a musician at 16? Okay. So the other thing is he's starting to romanticize childhood f- friendships. And it's not... I mean, he doesn't realize there's a natural thing because he doesn't have friends. Um, they just happened to grow up near each other and they became friends. How, you know, if it's a small community thing, this, this is not un, unheard of. You can tell that he is speaking to Howard when he talks about, you know, just like childhood friends do. They've, we fight, we threw fists, we uh, created music, we didn't have a car, we had to get somebody to drive us. All yeah. these things that you do along the way just to get there and childhood experiences he's talking to howard like yes so because that's kind of how you assume everyone has these sort of growing up nostalgic experiences Mm -hmm. in one form or another that we can all relate to it all we all have that nostalgia howard doesn't have it so when he's talking back to him the guy i think i i think he can kind of tell like oh wait you don't know what this is like I mean, don't you know what this is like? Why wouldn't you know what this is like? Well, the other, yeah, because they're not actually dissimilar in age. At this point, Howard's like 63 and Plant's about five or six years older. um, And I'm pretty sure. And um, there's, it's not, it's not like they were such a generation gap between them. It's not like you're talking about light bright and this other guy's talking about American girls or whatever, like that computer program that you mentioned. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not, a, uh, and the other thing is humans at their base, it doesn't matter what the generation, because most upbringing stories kind of rent, ring the same for most people, unless they were living in a fucking cage or, you know, hermited themselves in a closet, literally in his case. Yeah. So, unless, unless you had puppets as friends yeah. and were obsessed with impressing your mother. Right. You- <laughs> You know, <laughs> ever becoming her. Um, number five, human impersonator repeats the answer in case, like him, you didn't comprehend it. So here you are at 16 and you meet uh, John Bonham and you guys form a band uh, before, you know, Paige is involved with you. So then when you were at the Kennedy Center Honors, there's his son up there. Mm-hmm. And I guess it hit you like a ton of bricks. I miss my friend. Mm. I, I, his son <laughs> is here. I wish he could see this. Yeah. I, yeah. I wish. Uh... I wished a lot of things like that all the way along the line. And it's only when it comes home to you. Okay. So I love that. The fact that he had to reiterate 
what plant said for no, just because, and that was for him. That was for his benefit. Let me see. I got, let me see if I got this right, Robert. Uh, So you were upset because Bonzo wasn't there because he died and his son's on drums. Is that okay? Is that the human, is that the human feeling you're you're trying to project? Yeah. Let me get that thing back that you did once a couple minutes ago. And I'm going to try to see if I can press play on that again. (laughs) I mean, it really, and then he answers it for him. He doesn't, he, he kind of sets up a somewhat question. Yes. And then he answers it right away for that's him. The best, that's the exact thing. So hold on for a second. There's, um, let me get this one in. I got to read it. Okay. 39. There's a Robert, there's an interview. There's a review that Wig <laughs> completely gets wrong and I have to find it. So it's real quick. Number clip number six, did a bad Rolling Stone review put you in a dark place, Robert? It's amazing to me when, when, when Led Zeppelin one comes out, the first album you guys put out and, and, and Rolling Stone magazine trashed it. They didn't Mm. get Led Zeppelin. Was that devastating to you because music is so important to you? No, no. Cause who cared about Rolling Stone? We were just busy going to the next gig, but doesn't that. I would, if I were him, I would have said, I don't know who Led Zeppelin is, but (laughs) (laughs) Led Zeppelin. It's just so embarrassing. Yeah. I would have I would have berated this asshole at this point. No, I well, don't give a shit what Rolling Stone says. And who are you talking about? Because that's not a band. Led <laughs> Zeppelin is not a band. <laughs> Take the cannolis and uh, and leave the gun. Uh, Doesn't criticism uh, <laughs> like even today with the internet? I'm everyone's so fucking harsh. Doesn't that destroy an artist? I mean, you no. guys were young guys. It was your first album. Rolling Stone is a powerful... Yeah, but know. we didn't know that. And anyway, who the hell was running it? Look, have a look. See right. who was in charge. And they'd already castrated Cream as well, or Blind Faith. The, one of the great... Cream, uh, mm. Blind Faith, all these great bands. But I didn't... Yeah, the, the, he's, he's answering like a human being. If, you, what, if you're a fully formed, fully realized human being... What does a bad fucking review do for you? Now, mind you, I, 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 when people are critical on our YouTube channel, I do, uh, if they're dicks, if they're real dicks about it, I, I knock off those, um, those comments and I, you know, ban those people, uh, because they're not being, if they're not being fair, if it's just a natural criticism, like, yeah, you know what, the volume levels or whatever, you know, that's, I leave that obviously, but, um, Rolling Stone reviews for these bands that were selling millions of records didn't matter shit. They were selling to their own fans. Right. And they were obviously building momentum and popularity. So like they said, we just go to the next gig. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, they didn't have time. That was the thing. Zeppelin's early career, it was basically tour, record, release, tour, record, release, tour, record, release. In a span of like five years, they had album, album, album. They were like even like in six months. And at one point they had something like four albums on the charts. That's how big they were. So it was, they, they really, and they were in tax exile. So to save money, they had to live something like 300 days outside of the UK. Otherwise, if they were in the UK for too long, they had to pay British taxes, which were fucking insane. So a lot of these guys lived in like Switzerland or they lived in the Isle of Man or certain places that t- basically tax hate shelters. And they became kind of nuts as a result. So all of a sudden you don't have a home anymore where you're from. You can go back, but not really live there. You have to quickly go somewhere else and then it creates this weird like that would have been a fascinating question how did you deal with that living away oh please howard asking anything fascinating or even understanding that dynamic between taxes and money meanwhile he's like you know pumping his tax haven at palm beach (laughs) yeah totally yeah 
didn't know about that till after. So all I was concerned about was how long does it take in this country? I've never seen so many roads and fields and mountains and people and Howard Johnson's is and all that <laughs> stuff. How long, how many more clam chowders does it take to get to the next gig? And you know what's great? when <laughs> Yeah, and the, see, see, so Plant it could be really mocking him, but he doesn't. He takes this one straight and he'll continue for a while, but then it goes horribly wrong. But that, could, but that perspective is interesting. He was trying to give almost a how many clam chowders to take to the next gig. So he's kind of giving you a mental insight that maybe nobody has gotten from him before about what that time period was like and totally. how he was living and feeling. And instead of taking that sort of introspective, uh, you know, takes Howard yeah. just steamrolls right over it instead right. of noticing here's a little something I'm giving you a little something you could turn something with this you could make this into something a perspective Absolutely. that I'm not yeah. giving anyone right boom steamroll that's an that's an ingredient bake something with it and he, he he you and I like you and I would have you and I would have fucking had a field day with plant we would have done the fucking homework we would have you know it's just it's just embarrassing and uh anyway we'll continue because it's a long clip but it, it you, you sam is absolutely on the money he can't take a deviation in his own question from the response so he's not really listening to any of those responses he's just coping for um uh, prescribed answer and like he's fishing and if he doesn't get it onto the next thing it's just like you'll hear him say like you're right right he's not even listening he's just like well, that, how does this relate part, to my next question how does this relate to my question doesn't does not compute continue next question you're right it's an algorithm in his head that he uh, has already prescribed answers to and if it doesn't hit any of those answers conversationally it goes right over it's a disconnect glitch. disconnect yeah. complete and That's so why Bob, a Joe Rogan, a Joe Rogan type podcast for Howard, it could never happen. Howard can't have a free form conversation. And if nope. it goes anywhere interesting, it, yep. it can't go anywhere interesting. He, no, he's not can. capable of seeing what's interesting. No. no, because he's on the fly. First of all, he's not intelligent enough to take a path. Like Joe Rogan is not a nuclear physicist. He doesn't, he's not, he's Smart, not learned though. in, he, well, he's not learned in, polymer chemistry and he can't tell you about the degradation propensities of amorphous materials but he could have a scientist on and roll with him just by being a listener and admitting he doesn't know something and asking a question about something if he doesn't understand it he's not afraid to say i'm not i don't understand what the term is uh, and could you could you you know expound on that a little more howard would be afraid to say that he can't say i don't know i don't understand what was that reference the most interesting people are curious people yes howard not was it Larry King said it was a quote he did with on the Nor uh, Norm Macdonald, uh, that one live YouTube sh show he had where he said, um, one of the best things I ever learned as an interviewer was to listen. He said, I never learned anything when I was talking. That's very true. Yeah. What a profound thing to say that Howard never took as advice, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Led Zeppelin 2 came out, which was when I first got turned on to Led Zeppelin. I was at a party listening to this music. I'd never heard anything like it. I went and bought the album the next day. When Led Zeppelin 2 came out, the Rolling Stone reporter said, oh, I was wrong. 
I made mm-hmm. a mistake about this band, which is, <laughs> this is the funny part, guys. He gets the review completely wrong because the guy was being sarcastic. So I'm going to read it. It was, uh, uh, John Mendelson was the uh, interviewer. So this is the original Rolling Stone interview. Hey man, I take it all back. This is one fucking heavyweight of the album. Okay. I'll concede that until you've listened to the album 800 times as I have, it seems as it's just, as if it's just one especially heavy song extended over the space of two whole sides. But Hey, you've got to admit that the Zeppelin has their distinctive and enchanting formula down stone cold, man. Like you get the impression they could do it in their sleep. And who can deny that Jimmy Page is the absolute number one heaviest white blues guitarist between five foot four and five foot eight in the world. Shit, man. <laughs> On this album, he further demonstrates that he could absolutely fucking shut down any white blues man alive. And when one fucking hand tied behind his back too. So, <laughs> Wig, oh my goodness, he wrong. doesn't. He is such an adult. He's seventy nine. <laughs> Holy shit! What a sarcastic review, and he really didn't understand that. And again. He brings this up after after he just said, I don't care. I didn't care the first time. I wouldn't have cared the second time, even if it was a good review, even though it's clearly not. No. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. Well, he he doesn't understand sarcasm. I'm thinking sarcasm. Put that in a list of sarcasm. things that could, that, that could fill the Grand Canyon that he doesn't understand. But anyway, I digress. It's That's great. another human characteristic. You're right. That doesn't compute. It's a glitch. God, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know that movie Wreck-It Ralph? He's like yeah. Renelope Von Sweets, just like glitching all over the fucking road. My my favorite was Don Rickles when he goes in studio and he goes, he goes, you know, was that a low point doing, you know, Artie's movie, Norm's movie? And, you know, and he goes, no, this is. (laughs) (laughs) God rest in peace. (laughs) Hockey puck. We love you. No, I mean, it really is. I I don't, I look at life that way, but, but you didn't even care. You guys weren't even reacting to that. Well, how could we? Because we were right in the middle of it. I mean, if I can remember rightly, um, we were touring here in the United States. We were playing like the Kinetic Playground in Chicago, played the Fillmore here with Iron Butterfly. Were you guys the New Yardbirds at that point still? No, no, we were Zeppelin. You were Zeppelin. Hmm. You see, again, doesn't do the work. Doesn't fucking do the work. He would have known they weren't the New Yardbirds at that point. Idiot. Fucking idiot. You've he already released so an album. You, you've time. released an album. You've released an album called Led Zeppelin, and you're going to be touring as the New Yardbirds. <laughs> what does he have? What else does he have to do besides prepare for this? Honestly, he has a maid who has cleans his house, a gardener who trims his shrubs. He's got beef drunk all over the mansion feeding the cats. What the fuck else does he have to do besides prepare for this interview? Nothing. Zero. Not including got, feed himself. He doesn't even have to feed got himself. A, he's got a aging twink lookalike picking out his underwear. There's <laughs> nothing else to do. No. Do your and fucking so, homework, loser. And this is where, you know, Fred's in the background because we played in part one, guys, near the end, uh, where he said, Fred, I don't want to hear or see anything of you. <laughs> this is where Fred's <laughs> off in the background smoking, laughing, like silently guffawing. Going, <laughs> Fred's cracking up into a my pillow. <laughs> yeah, and he's just saying, "You want a fucking lo-. like that scene in the D- Dumb and Dumber?" Man, you are one pathetic loser. And then we played 
um, like the Grandy Ballroom in Detroit with MC5 or whatever it was. It was fantastic. We were just in our own, although we were foreigners, right. we were in, in our own society of musicians. We were just out there in the middle of everything, you know. We even played with Woody Herman's orchestra somewhere for Bill Graham sometime. Isn't that funny? Yeah, it was great, though. Yeah. Yeah, Why is that, that, that funny? <laughs> it's it's not funny. It's actually amazing. Bill Graham made sure that when he could, the early days of the Fillmore and Fillmore's and the uh, and the Winterland, especially the Fillmore's East and West, he would book like blues, re- real blues artists to open for the Who, the Stones, whoever else, because he wanted he would have like Mahavishnu Orchestra with you know Taj Mahal and you know um, Woody Guthrie. Like he would have bills of things that you wouldn't imagine, these incongruous, compl- uh, you know, bands just to introduce the young kids to other music. And all of a sudden you'd have Miles Davis opening up for the Grateful Dead. You wouldn't think that to happen fine, but, uh, you know, like it, it, he managed to happen because the bands loved it. They actually loved because these, these were their heroes and they were able to, you know, just see them perform and then talk with them after the fact. And <laughs> Wiki thinks it's just some kind of joke. Like he thinks it's. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that funny? Uh, no, <laughs> stupid. It isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone remember laughter? <laughs> so Roland Clerk, Kirk, Clerk, hang on. Clerk Kent, Roman Kirk, Roman Empire. Yeah. Ro- First Rasan, Rasan, Roland Kirk, baby. One of the best musicians of all time. Roland Kirk. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, we saw all this stuff. So some publication decides to diss us. Right. So that's fine. Exactly. Whereas Howard would be in the fetal position. Oh, wah, I got a bad Rolling Stone review. <laughs> Let's just frame this. Remember when he went up to that uh, English uh, writer member and he said, you know, and Beth had to stop me from going back. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he goes to the guy, you said something bad about me. I don't remember it, but it was bad. <laughs> you diss me. Yeah, exactly. You said something bad. What yeah. did I say? You know, motherfucker. Beth had to prevent me from going back. I was yeah. going. Yeah, okay. yeah, I love I love that. That was the uh, the time he basically, the, the reviewer, uh, not a reviewer, the um, columnist called him out for ripping off Johnny Carson. And then... Uh, <laughs> John Buckwald called the guy back and said, is this what you guys do for a living? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we call out your fucking, uh, your meal ticket on uh, things that uh, rip-offs. This next clip is called Projection Time, kids, so drink up. And there's a lot of projection going through, but this is just part one, part yeah, two or three. Weren't um, you guys competitive with one another? Didn't that drive the whole thing? Because nah. you, when, you, when you heard Abbey Road, you thought, <laughs> oh my God, I, I mean, this is some masterpiece. Yeah, it must. I mean, like, how are we going to outdo this? Or, no. No, no, it isn't no. like that. Well, it may be like that for some people, but the thing is, it's... And also, kids, we were kids. Right. Have you got time for ego when the whole world is changing color all the time in front of you? Yeah. He didn't give a fuck. By the way, you, you're, he wants to put like this feud that there's a feud between the Beatles and the Stones. The Beatles ended in 70, 69, 70. Zeppelin was starting in 69, and 70, 69, pretty much like the end of one band's career and the beginning of another band's career. There's no, and one's a pop band. Like there's no real comparison. So what competitiveness is he looking for? Also music is a lot. I feel like there's time periods in writing where there's these genesis of a bunch of great writers at one point, And they all sure. kind of like each other's novels. Like I remember Huxley liked Orwell, but they, 
they talked about it. They talked sure. about each other in complimentary ways, you know, and it's the same with musicians. They they genuinely, I think, they like when music is at its high points and they're mm -hmm. all creating wonderful vibes and that yes. people are enjoying. They want to bring that energy to the world. It's not like late night talk show hosts who are, you know, ripping each other apart for ratings or radio hosts. So mm -hmm. Howard's comparing this to an industry that he knows mm -hmm. and is cutthroat, but music isn't really like that. And even radio is not necessarily cutthroat because if you, you're happy being the number two station, if you're getting a fucking paycheck, better to be number two than number five or six or seven. And if you're not number one, or if you're occasionally number one in a ratings book, who gives a, like, it's great. It's wonderful. But, um, the, in the music, you're right. He, they think of, um, the beach boys, uh, the, uh, Paul, Paul McCartney said, um, uh, Sergeant Peppers was in, um, inspired by pet sounds by the beach boys. And he was not afraid to say it. We listened to it. We thought it was a brilliant fucking album. We wanted to make something along the lines of, and they, and then, uh, Brian, and Brian Wilson was like, they fucking improved it, man. They made, they took a, a, our best album and made an even better one. And it was, so it was mutual admiration society going on. Wiggy, even before he starts talking about. Like, uh, uh, you know, like this, it, he seems to want to pit at people against each other, bands against each other. You know, it's always like an adversarial type thing. Cause he's looking for the hottest kind of riff he's looking for. Oh, how can I, how can I make this, you know, viral? He does that with everyone who comes in, like even the, you know, most who cares about machine gun Kelly and Eminem fighting, but he was like honing in on that. Clip number eight, guys, 79 asks about dancing days and yet more projections. So drink. Mick Jagger talks about, he saw James Brown and he was like, <clears> I had to <throat> dance, man. That oh, was yeah. my move. That's how I wanted to be. How much pressure is there on you? Or does the band come to you and say, Hey, listen, Robert, you better dance around a little bit. You know, we, we, we're, we're losing the audience. Is there a discussion or do you just do your thing? Cause you kind of, you know, you would, do, you would move around. You did your thing. You got into it. Well, there was a lot of time in between verses to right. uh, do you something, to do something, didn't something. I? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Is that I, awkward on stage? Like, he might have looked amazing on stage, Robert Plant, but God, he moved like such a dork in those early videos. It's a stupid question, though. Do you imagine the band going, hey, you got to move? I, who cares? Yeah. I mean, what, I mean, so say he takes this question seriously and didn't laugh in his face, which, by the way, he just did. Yes, for the second <laughs> time, at least. Okay, but pretend he didn't and he answered this seriously. Yeah. It is such a non-question. It's such a non-important facet. So did you dance? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Remember when you were in the Beatles? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who told you to dance? Uh, what? <laughs> did your agent come to you and say, you got to uh, dance? It's in the contract. Uh, Jimmy you know who you know who, who should have came to Howard? <laughs> Somebody should have stopped that Jones Beach performance with Rob <laughs> Zombie. Could you imagine what Rob Zombie was thinking when he crashed the stage with those moves? <laughs> Do we have to insert that just to give you an idea of what we're going through? If the Tin Man were first met on the road with Dorothy and decided to put on a cowboy hat <laughs> and a wig, he would have been more fluid. Okay. <laughs> oh fuck. Why <laughs> 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 
Make sure the wig doesn't fall. <laughs> this is for Raven. restaurants how they have a like, little cat that goes with the buoy arm like this sometimes <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and you can get a fortune cookie or a mint <laughs> I can't he looks like dancing santa the one that just kind of <laughs> shuffles <laughs> yes <laughs> on the guitars and he's got to keep that hat on because the wig's <laughs> about to fall off <laughs> so many things are at play <laughs> it, it is slipping on his <laughs> and there's one tattoo there <laughs> you're next to a guy with Yakuza sleeve tattoos <laughs> <sighs> I don't know that I'm going to include that, but I just wanted to record that. We'll send it to Raven at one point. <laughs> we should just at least put a little of that footage in for people. Okay. All right. We'll see about that. That ass solo, which is great. But you've got to do something. You can't just stand there. I, I can't remember very much about it because it's 928 in 2017. Yeah. But what the hell went on there? I just thought of it as being some kind of cosmic aerobics, really. Right. Something so you- to do. Keep the you know keep the blood pressure down uh what cardiovascular you know what no, you let the music move you though but you mm. do have to think that's so, like how important <laughs> was what you wore on stage it. would you sit there and say to jimmy hey uh, how important was what you wore on stage <laughs> <laughs> so first he has a stupid question about dancing and robert Plant is totally patronizing him, saying you know keep the blood up cardiovascular Right. Oh, but it moved. And then Howard interjects his answer that Robert Plant did not say. He's like, no, but you were moved to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Now, what about your wardrobe? How calculated was your wardrobe? It wasn't like kiss, asshole. They literally had a bunch of whatever they had. And they and he answered that one. I don't know if I included the answer, but he basically said they, they went to secondhand shops and they got whatever blouses or women's blouses and you know and then it, it was a very weird time uh in the 70s um yeah, you, everyone you, looked homeless was, yeah androgyny homeless like gay or you know like just street vermin so yeah, yeah i'm wearing very, in this very, sorry <laughs> go ahead just like you know everyone had a, that certain look it, nobody looked planned and Howard's asking, did you plan that look? Does it look like anyone planned anything during that time period to an extent? I mean, something, but not I, not crazy amounts. I think at the most they had their favorite pair of shoes that they decided they were going to wear that day. That's about it. I they were doing... <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. The band look a certain way or would that or is that would you have been ridiculed if you even brought that up you know you're a really nice guy because these are just silly questions no um, they're not they're, this is important how about if some kids start in a band <laughs> what? 
<laughs> You're a really nice guy, but these are really silly questions. What a dressing down in the nicest way possible. I mean, you know, this is like a teacher trying to get control of the class. Like at some point you just have to say, okay, you're not understanding the concept. I'm really trying here to explain it. You're not getting it. You can stay after class if you want to ask these questions because you're dragging down the lesson. Pretty much. And Robert, so like the fact that it, this is like, I don't even know how far in, it wasn't even a half hour into this interview. And this is, you know, how bad it started to get. So Nick Clip 9, the world's phoniest asshole bemoans and bewails modern music for being so bland. For a lot of different musicians, a lot of different writers, painters, whatever it is, where there's no plan. Yeah. No plan. And that's the beauty of it. It's a little too planned now, right? I'm talking about the music industry, every, like everything. It's just all so calculated. Well, look, I'm here because I want to flog my record. I love it. I yes. love my band. I love everything that I do now. Otherwise, you know, I'd be growing vegetables somewhere in, <laughs> you know, in the Welsh coastland. But I think it's great that you still make music and that you... Uh, you <laughs> <laughs> just We just played you a bunch of clips in part one about how <laughs> he called him a sellout for making new music. I know what a hypocrite. Yeah, it's just it, it's crazy, and also he's he's now hinted how many times that he wants to talk about his new record and not about Zeppelin. Right. Zeppelin. Zeppelin. Yeah. Uh, the the other thing, guys, is is he he's also done this about Jay Leno when Don Rickles was in the studio. I mentioned Rickles that one appearance. He says it is it is it stupid? You know, are these shows kind of too planned? There's nothing about Wiggy Show that isn't planned at this point. And certainly in 2008, when he asked that question to Don, it was well, you know, like the, the chaos was the chaos factor was cut down to a, a very small minimum, you know, like uh, certain things were absolutely, we know that they were now after the fact they were just planned plugs or planned bits and stuff. We know that there's a winner. We know that maybe Fred's, he knows the answers to these stupid, um, uh, win Fred's money shit. And so to him for for him to go on about it is just stupid. It's so arduous. This sounds so arduous for Robert Plant. Work. It seems like work, basically. You still want to make new music, but at the same point, the record industry has changed so much around you that mm. it's got to be a frustration. Well, everybody's had to get used to it. It's like kind of riding a bucking bronco because with technology moving the rate it does, yeah, the whole way of transmuting music from some musician's mindset and taking a guitar or a keyboard and creating beautiful music, then how on earth are you ever going to get it anywhere? Never mind this. Now he's, this is, he's answering this one. This, this is, I left this because I promised I would give you guys some clips that were halfway decent. And this is one example where we kind of does okay. And Robert answers the way most of these guys would answer. It's tough to get your music out in this atmosphere, like in the, in this era. Especially if you're an older uh, artist. You know, Bill Maher was just talking about this and he was saying the industry now that everyone can be a musician, but it is true in the sense that, yeah, it's, you know, it's a trophy party for everyone. Everyone gets a trophy. Everyone can be a mus musician. But the ones who are really great, it's still a meritocracy where the people who are making really good music, they will sell. So you can have a million people trying to be artists and it's yeah. hard to get it out there but real talent does float to the top it just tends to happen 
Yeah, there's way too much chaff amongst the wheat, and there's you have to sift through so much more bullshit to get yeah. like really find good music. But I was just playing like I just played some for Sam when when we were on break. FM eighty four. I love synthwave, a lot of synthwave, and um, uh, it, like within that genre, those fans are very very loyal to the genre, and they will seek other stuff out. And so you're playing to your audience, but your audience can get that much larger if you do consistent work basically and you're right it's based on merit if you do your best and you you it's a lot of legwork it's a lot of giving stuff away it's a lot of youtube you have to make your money touring which a lot of comedians and bands and singers have had to fucking weather the storm like simona dinnerstein has had a rough year so um it's and so the other thing is wiggy seems to think that, that first of all the bands happen magically he seems to think they, they're, they, there's just I like know. this kind of karmic whatever. And sometimes it was just accident, happy accidents that made these things happen. And he also doesn't, you know, artists navigating this new sort of climate, the ones who figure it out, you know, they adjust. Mm-hmm. Wiggy has, he seems to have got, he seems to have, picked the wrong horse when I think it Mm. comes to technology where he definitely picked the losing horse as Sirius Mm -hmm. Sirius XM will eventually be obsolete. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's just a matter of time. Oh, sure. So I really think that he doesn't understand this and it's interesting to listen to an artist actually try to navigate this, but you know, Wiggy has done everything he can to not figure it out Mm -hmm. to, to hold on to that old way of doing things. That's right. And he should have been about, like, he, if he was smart, he should have been in, like, ahead of the curve, be doing what Rogan and what uh, Marin have done and just own his own, and, and Kumia for that matter, make your own place, put in your own marbles, and you're going to get everything. You're going to get everything back. Yep. Stigma of ageism, you know. Right. Where you, you can't get a new song played on so many networks. But there's no point in whinging about it. Right. Because the winds of change are always around, and it's, thank God they are, you know. Is it the same for you now that you're going to, now that you have a new record out, you're going to have to go out on tour? You're going to uh, have to really. This is no struggle, mate. This is all I want to do. Go all on. you want to do. Hmm. You just well, no, I want to do one or two other things, but that's my business. But I just want to sing it because it's good for a lot of different music. Sorry about that. There's a little replay, replay there, guys. Yeah. So somebody who's a musician wants to get out and do what they love. Wow, shocking. For Howard, though, it is shocking because he really, he doesn't like that he doesn't just get this money for free. That's correct. He also doesn't like that he's he's not content to sit on his laurels, collect with the fucking marbles, and he doesn't like that he's releasing new music. It's a complete fallacy. He's full of shit. He wants him to just talk about Zeppelin. He wants him to just play Zeppelin music or Zeppelin type music and fuck the new stuff. It's the same with McCartney. Every time he comes in, it's the same song and dance. We are, uh, we are never going to get off that skip of the record. He can't help himself. No, absolutely. Number 10. Welcome to the Wig Farley show featuring Robert Plant. Here, I'm going to play a couple of songs for you. Tell me if you remember these songs, okay? <clears throat> I want you to hear this. Then we're working our way to the new album, but everybody just uh, relax. But I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I, I want you to hear these songs, and I want to ask you specific questions. Specific. Specific. I haven't sweat from my armpits in quite a long time, and right now, <laughs> if I were to, I think I'm soaking my hoodie. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> So okay, Led Zeppelin one. We're starting and we're going, we're just going to pick a couple. 
Oh, you know what I should have done? I should have seen this guy like 20 years ago. We could have got this part out of the way. Out of the way. That's <laughs> right. We've been begging for this. <laughs> Robin is no help. None. And she, the other, I think she, she knows full well that Wiggy's blowing it. You have to agree. She is trying her best to be the supportive, shuck and jive. Yeah. Helper. <laughs> Uncle Thomasina. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I mean, okay. this is only your first interview here. There's going, we're going to have to do like six or seven in a row and get through your entire career <laughs> because someone has to chronicle all of this. You understand? This is important stuff. I know, right? And no one's ever interviewed him before. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Nobody knows that this is important or chronicled or interviewed him. What a dummy! Right. It's also it's itself it's self important. It's like this is the only interview that matters. You haven't like it's not even a question of oh you were on this one you were on Charlie Rose you were on this you 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 did an interview with Crawdaddy or fucking Rolling Stone and all this crap no that's not important this is important me. I mean what it this is like this it, you know it reminds me of inside the actor's studio where yep. it's they sit you on a stage there's a class here they bring up you know your films and then he asks. He actually asks really great questions after the well, fact. But, you know, it's yeah. kind of like your your greatest hits. But you know yeah. that's what you're there to do. Yes. Here, why are you doing this is your life? Like, what is this? <laughs> it's always got to be this, this is, is your this, life. It's always it's always this is your awful life. And then yeah. like, <laughs> this projection too much. You're an important man. We have man. to get you on the record. Yeah, we have to get you. Uh, uh, we'll interview you per album every time you come out. with one. <laughs> Listen to this song for a second. You hear this? What a friggin' riff. Now, here's what I want to know. When someone brings a riff to you like this, as a singer, you're just hearing this. And you go, in the days of my youth, I read, you know. <laughs> he doesn't know the lyric. He just trails off. You know, in the days of my youth, I would... <laughs> that was it. <laughs> he couldn't go any further. And he didn't have to say that. He was just listening to it, and it came, <laughs> came to him. <laughs> I can't come out of my hand cave. I can't. My hands are covering my face for the rest of this. Holy shit, way, I'm so embarrassed. By the way, Jimmy Page, we really want your feedback on this particular rescinding. You you got to come up with something to do. Yeah, when, when, when a story. A story. It's got to be intimidating and crazy. No. When you hear this, do you get turned on and say, I got it. I know what I'm going to do. Or do you go away for months and have to figure out what you're going to do during this? Well, what's be... the process? <laughs> There's always a process to him. It can't be happy accidents. It can't be just a bunch of guys jamming and that's where the song comes out. It, that's what it is. I mean, there's no... There is no magic potion. He acts like there's a book of spells. I yes. used, <laughs> I used I this enchantment. <laughs> yeah, he really does. He's so stupid. So the next clip is called Leading with the Ripoffs. <clears throat> but this is something like I had never heard before. So this was new ground, I think, these songs. I mean, I, I never well, heard music like this. And then when no, someone says... No, it was because a combination of the sound and the power of the the actual musicality but when he plays you this riff you you then hear in your head exactly where you want to go with this or is it a process or do you ju just kind of wail <laughs> i mean what what, what and do is you it? have ideas whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what is it <laughs> expelliarmus <laughs> is that a harry potter thing <laughs> yeah okay so stupid like what so so when you're hearing this, I, it's just like, yeah, I'm I'm the songwriter. This is right. my 
this is my gig, dude. Right. Could you imagine? It, 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 let's flip it on its head. Right. What if Robert Plant was asking him, so when you get here in the studio, do you turn on the mic first or put on your headphones? I mean, <laughs> tell me your process. It's so. <laughs> do you enter with the left foot or the right foot into a room? You're right. It's the minutiae that, first of all, it pads out an interview and makes it more boring. Um, but if you had, let's say you had a director in, okay, let's say you had, I don't know, fucking John Favreau or you had Francis Ford Coppola. Do you really need to get into how a special effect was created or, you know, how it was decided? You want to talk about the scene of the movie. You want to talk about the acting. You want to talk about how it looks. Um, you know, if you're, and if you're a technical show, if you're a show based on camera stuff, or if you're a show based on sound engineering, okay, that makes perfect sense. But Howard's supposed to be a pop culture show. He's supposed to be doing a, a like a long form Charlie Rose type interview. Charlie Rose, Rose would never ask a stupid question like this. Every question leads to another question or goes with the flow of the now, conversation. He, you're a hundred percent right. And he also too, like Robert Plant, if he wanted to talk about some sort of anecdote during the songwriting process or yes. during a concert or during a performance, he would be the one that would bring it up out of nowhere. Right. It wouldn't be the interviewer, you know, trying to make something out of this. <laughs> Leading it. Yeah. It's it, to him. Everything is like, um, it has to have a hundred engineers, his clothing, his teeth, his fucking hair, his wig. Um, everything has to be calculated. And he's basically asking Robert, how calculated are you? He's done this about everything. Johnny Depp, like, how cool are you when you leave out? Like, how, how do you decide which way you put your leg through which pant leg, you know, like your foot through which yeah. pant leg? And how many just... rings did you decide to wear? Exactly. What color? I don't mind. When you did, thank you. What else is on today? Thank you for doing that. <laughs> Nothing. You. You're, you're, the, you're the focus. You're it. <laughs> when, when I think about this, uh, you, you did this song, Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You, which a lot of people don't know was a Joan Baez song. Hmm. And the original Joan Baez song sounded like this. Okay, I'll play this for people who've never listened to it. And and it's an Ann Breeden song. It's not Joan Baez, the fucking idiot. And he knows this because they had that guy Denny Somak come in and talk about all the ripoffs from the first album and the subsequent albums. There's a lot more than off the just off the first album. Um, and we're going to play some of that. I can't figure out how you guys chose this song to turn into a Led Zeppelin song. This was this was the Joan Baez song. Brilliant. It moved you. Brilliant. Tell you when I'm gonna leave you. Where are you when you hear this? Are you with Jimmy when you hear this? <laughs> are you eating a burger? <laughs> oh my god. It's the dumbest question ever. Where are you when you hear this? I was Yo. in an elevator. <laughs> On fourth I was Street. getting my teeth cleaned. Who cares? <laughs> I was picking out belly button lint. I'm so stupid. <laughs> Oh God! So yeah. we're gonna go with we're gonna go with. He the also he also Hold too on. though. Do you see Robert Plant says he goes? What else is on the agenda for today? Imagine if it was the old show, the show used to run no matter who came in. That yes. was the success. So the people who came in, these celebrities, a yeah. Robert Plant would come in and they would be in on the fun, and you would see yeah. how they fit in with the show. Sure, he was. You know, if you thought that that was what you were going to get well sorry it's changed yeah this next clip is called sal and richard are nothing compared to the master of interruption she's just a beacon and has been for all that time 
at that time as a kid, I was 16 when I first heard that. Yeah. And, um, and Jimmy want, was a fan of that too, that song? Well, what happened was... <laughs> can't let him he's getting you find guys if you listen to the whole unexpurgated interview which if you can find it the as he gets further he gets more and more impatient and he starts to cut him off more it's just about this 99 lowest low iq low attention span zero attention span and he's running out of whatever patience little patience he has and um and so you're gonna hear more of that i don't know if i clipped all of it I got nothing. This is so okay. bad. <laughs> okay. Number 13. Plants shooting over the wig. And plus, when you're ripping off a song, you want to get away with it. You guys, I'm telling you, it was a great, the greatest love of your life is you and Jimmy Page. <laughs> Imagine you sat down, you had identical musical taste. Well, he really knows and knew so much of the kind of more obscure black rock and roll, which is what I was into. Yeah. But, and because he toured here quite a bit with the Yardbirds... <clears throat> And he knew um, the girl who wrote Needles and Pins and uh, Every Time You Walk in the Room, um, not Sharon Sheely, but... Um, so what's going to happen, guys, is you're gonna, he's going to continue on with acting as if he didn't call them rip-off artists and uh, just lathering Robert's asshole. Jackie DeShannon. He knew uh, all this stuff that you were into. He knew all that stuff, and uh, I was just beginning to... I, I, I'd save up my money and send off to Cincinnati, Ohio from Wolverhampton in England to get Live at the Apollo by James Brown. Yeah. Uh, and it, they'd send it back in the post from King Records in Cincinnati to Planty. Yeah. It was amazing. So The other thing he seems to not understand is that it was never an equal partnership from the beginning. Jimmy Page was a, a, an old hand. He was a session guy. He was with the Yardbirds. He uh, played in so many fucking records as a you know hired hand and studio guy, session guy. And then he sought out another guy that was going to sing for Zeppelin. And then that guy recommended Robert Plant. I think we get into it a little bit. So Robert Plant was much younger, like a quite a bit younger and green. Like he, he had some, a couple bands. One was called band of joy, I think with uh, John Bonham. That's when, you know, they grew up together, but it wasn't like they came together as equals. It was always an imbalance. And then later on as the front man, okay, he gets a little more prominence, but it's still Jimmy Page doing most of the songwriting. And then, you know, the lyric sharing and things get collaborated more later when they stop ripping off other artists. But he seems to think that it's Lennon McCartney and it never was. No. And, 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 and he just, Robert Plant, you could tell is just, he's, he's forcing a bond and he's forcing a relationship that just isn't even, nope. even say like you, for example, what if somebody like down the road is like, Sam, wasn't Fillmore, you know, the, that was the love of your life. I'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like what? I would have just flat out just like, yeah, you laughed at him in his face and he still isn't getting it. And he's still no. trying to project it. Yeah. He's shoehorning this, this like, you know, this idyllic relationship. He did the same with McCartney. He said, it wasn't John Lennon, like, you know, like your husband, you know, did, did, because you didn't have a mother, you didn't have, you, you know, all of a sudden you became mothers to like, why are you assigning roles to people that didn't intrinsically exist? I don't know. And he does it too with the looks thing with uh, McCartney. He's like, you know, cause you were the good looking beetle. Didn't that make him? It's like, what are you talking about? Like McCartney's like, no. Not, 
Nobody thought about that. Raven and I in the latest breakdown with Dave Grohl, he, she added a bunch of no answers to questions. She just clipped those no. I love that. I had this obsession. I was like, I could talk. I can put you all to sleep if you keep going. I don't know what station this is. Yeah. But I mean, we could actually put it out of business by just going on and on. But then you came up with this version. Yeah. Which is just incredible. Mm. But I, I would never be able to recognize this from the original Joan Baez song. Good. Yeah, that is good, right? When you do it. <laughs> good. good. So you don't recognize we totally ripped it off. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah, about eight years ago, 10 years ago, that's exactly what you said on your own show, asshole. And we're going to play well, it for you. And well, you just said, if we keep going wrong. this way, we're going out of business. It's so beautiful. So there's that. And then we're going to go into clip 14A. 14, babe, I'm going to bore you to death. Yeah, this is so beautiful. I sing like this in my mind. Baby, baby, I'm going to leave you. Uh-huh. I never yeah. do that anymore. Why not? I don't know. I forgot about it. Those are tricks. Those are things that you do. Now, this is the other thing, Sam. Why would you waste valuable airtime playing the person's song? They're going to play it after the interview and before, if they're any kind of station. Okay, it's it's satellite. It's not a radio station. But why waste your airtime talking to the guy by listening to his fucking music for him? I, I have no idea. This is so embarrassing. It's one thing to say if you want to do like a hard-hitting interview and you yeah. want to say, you said this right. or you play, you a clip play them a clip of them, fine. Right playing them a song that they've probably performed hundreds of times thousands of times Mm -hmm. they know what they do why would you play i mean could you imagine sitting britney spears (laughs) down and being like do you remember this oh baby baby uh yeah and do you do you know what this is like it's almost as if howard is trying to He's at an old, old age home and there's some guy with dementia and he's playing him one of those like music, like MP3 players. And then like, it's seeing if you can get him to think, talk about his past by playing him old music. Like yeah. Robert doesn't remember this shit. You remember this? Uh, who are you? Where are we? What is this? Yeah. You know, yeah. To, to jog yeah. his memory. Yeah. Imagine it's like if you were to go to Corrado Soprano and be like, remember this guy you killed? Remember this thing this of Oz. <laughs> Wow. You know I'm gonna Listen to you. Why are you laughing? Why do you think it's funny? <laughs> I think this is beautiful. I've never studied this. I don't study You don't any... study? You don't ever listen to old you uh, albums? No, I... You are kidding. Even when you would go on tour? No, 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 no. I go everywhere, but I don't study myself in any time of my time. So that I think that's a very salient point. Wig studies poorly first of all but he does study things as if things are always like calculated that's his again projection he thinks everything is mapped out and the interesting thing about you know what that time period was like in your head and what that music meant to you but if you're if you get that person in an interview you can say this is what it meant to me what was that time period like for you but you're not going to play the song and project project what you think that was like for them. Right. Right. And he's, that's all he's doing. That's all he's doing. Exactly. And the other thing is no one cares about what you think about the song. They want to know what the artist thinks. You're taking away valuable time. Yeah. Nobody gives a fuck. You were a dork. <laughs> and number of clip 14, a, this is from the de- aforementioned Denny Somak thing, which you're probably going to get this thing off of YouTube, but it's called babe. I'm going to ignore the fact that I called you a ripoff artist. What do you think? Keep going on the, keep going on the Joe Baez one, Howard. Yeah, I'm gonna. 
Okay, so we'll go into the next bit. Just hold on, guys. Bear with us. Oh, I mean, I was, you know, I, at first I was song. a little dubious. A little dubious, when, but now. When, I, when I went to the lyric sheet for Led Zeppelin, it's Let's a dead ringer. Wait a minute. What, why, why is my pause not working anymore? I have to... Um, oh, this asshole. Leave you when the summer comes It's a dead ripoff. <laughs> oh, wow. So, how, how, how? I mean, it's just, it's just it's hysterical. So, like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's so, so bad. bad. It's such a fucking boot in our face. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So this is, you play this stuff and then we have all kinds of people that still like, uh, well, not all kinds, but there's still a few people that rag on us. Um, like, you know, how can you hate, how, how couldn't you hate someone who completely contradicts themselves this much? And we have the clips to play it. It's not just my conjecture. It's not Sam thinking this is what, this is her perception of what went on. We're playing it for you assholes. Yeah. We'll give What's our wrong perception with you? sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But why, why aren't you accepting the facts? Yeah. This isn't like it wasn't. Pre it wasn't prefaced with guys. By the way, the the views <laughs> expressed by this, you know, radio host do not necessarily reflect reality or whatever. I you know, know. You know, tell people you're full of shit. Tell people you were completely full of shit. He never did. That's the whole point. You know, there's some things like even uh, if you don't want to believe that fact, you will find any way to distort it. Yes, it's just it's just how it, how things are. I guess. For some I guess people. it's like, it's, like not it's me. Bad, it's battered woman syndrome. It's like yeah, he's not like that all the time. He's you know he's he's sweet with me sometimes. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah, and so there's so there's a super fans like Paige and there's a, a bunch of them still actually. I'm sure there's still, but there's got to be like six people left running those, and I don't know what's wrong with those people. I really don't like unless and again I told you I think I had a friend, uh, not a friend, more of an acquaintance. My wife knows him a little more and worked with him. He still enjoys the show, and I cannot un I cannot understand that on any level. I cannot understand that he still gets it. What it is is familiarity. It brings him back to when he was, you know, however old and loved the show. But that means he never really listened because if he did, he never really cared because it, you'd you'd remember these things. You cared about certain members of the uh, the Whack Pack, or you know, the show meant something. If you were a super fan, if you were just a casual fan, then maybe okay, I guess it makes sense. You just like hearing something in the morning that's familiar. It's, kinda, it's just like these, some people are still in denial about bias about certain news networks or publications or newspapers. It's so yes. fucking obvious. And they don't believe that like some sort of YouTube people are real news. No, they're actually doing what journalism used to be. But, right. you know, <laughs> like it, it's the same thing. Like some people just don't want to let go of the fact that they, they love him. It's, I don't, I don't know why. Yeah, I guess it's a fear. You don't want to think you were duped, but it's okay. People yeah, get duped okay. all the time. We were. Hi, I'm an idiot. Yes. <laughs> Number 15, Percy begins to realize that it's 79 o'clock. 
I have said on Led Zeppelin 2. Now, if you had seen me when I first heard this album, I almost went out of my fucking mind. <laughs> but on Led Zeppelin, I said to Rob, that what day, happened? Listen yeah. to me. Yeah. That's what I'm responsible for all this. <laughs> I wrote my. Uh, what about Blue Chair? Hold it a second. Listen to me carefully. Come on, Robert. Don't make any musical references he's not going to get. When I tell you this, because <laughs> yes, it's important. I'm, I've been waiting my lifetime to tell See, you this. Yes, Dad. It's about me. It's about me. Me, 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 me. Is yeah. what? Um, Thank you. Huh. It's the greatest love song ever written. Why don't people know that? I think some people do. Uh, or maybe they think if that. The sun so, he's going to start reciting lyrics to him. Refused to shine. Who is this guy? I would still be loving you if the mountains crumbled to the sea. He's going to hand out like this is Shakespeare. I know. He, I, he I wrote believes my wife, every word. I wrote my wife a card. I painted her a little painting, and I wrote on the card those lyrics to her. <laughs> so I plagiarized <laughs> my thoughts. I, I, I copied and pasted. I color by numbers a card. <laughs> I traced. I traced the and lyrics. Then, and then plagiarized feelings about what I think love is. And you helped me do that. <laughs> And then she accepted it and got Robert, drunk. Robert Plant is his hallmark tutor. And, you know, I credited you, of course. <laughs> but, I mean, I, 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 it's the most beautiful love song. Is it not? Okay. The next one is number 16. Hey, Robert, check out my new stereo, dude. That still does carry weight. It's still, uh, yeah, people are still That's getting married to it. But what an album Led Zeppelin to. Listen to this. Listen to this. He knows he made it. No, he walked in, Jimmy. What is he trying? He's trying to sell the guy who made these lyrics, who made these songs on these songs. Could you fucking imagine? This is the greatest. It's the greatest love song. It's the greatest song. It's amazing. I know I made it. Listen. No, you don't understand. No, I do. I'm the one who made this. You fuck. Oh my God, <laughs> Richard Chamberlain! I'd love to. I'd love to show you. Uh, I'd love to show this the born the born identity. Have you ever seen this? Yeah, I starred in it, asshole. It really is so true. Oh, look at this! this is the funniest stand-up I've ever seen. I know I'm the one on stage. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You remember? Remember when? You remember when? You were, they said Paul was dead. <laughs> that wasn't true, he, was it? <laughs> he's acting like they don't understand. He's acting yeah. like Robert Plant doesn't understand. No, no, you don't get it. It's the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> it's thought it's like 1984 when John Sean Hurt's getting fed all the information under duress with this riff. It's in stereo as well. Yes, yes. it is. Oh, yes. <laughs> Listen to it. You need to. The part way down inside. <laughs> woman, woman. <laughs> Can we continue? Man, you you need accident or or or, or is that supposed to happen? Oh, it's supposed to happen. Yeah. You, you planned it that way. Hey, mama, bush, bush. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. I could use those lyrics oh, again. Oh my God, mama, yes. baby. Lemon song, one of the filthiest, dirtiest songs for that time period, right? I mean, lemons let the juice run down my leg. Blasphemy. 
<laughs> he's just he's fandom so badly. He's fandom oh, so badly God. now. It's now there's should no recovery. Say, should, should he just start singing WAP? There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing original under the sun, is it really? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Two Life Crew has a song that's literally called Fuck Martinez. And I play it <laughs> to my buddy. <laughs> I played to my buddy whose last name is Martinez, and uh, he fucking lost. It was basically about the um, the judge, the the obscenity charge in uh, 1990 that they they won actually, and the the judge was named Martinez. And there's another the the district attorney was called something Navarro, and so at some point it's just fuck Martinez, fuck fuck Martinez, and then you hear a chorus, fuck Martinez, fuck, all the ladies say fuck Navarro, fuck fuck. In the six minutes, I played it to one of my friends who only grew up with classical music. It was kind of like he was in a, um, he grew up in a Maori, well, not Maori, in, in New Zealand, he grew up in a Maori co- community, more or less, and uh, in Samoan. And he grew up learning classical music and didn't really know about rock and other s- kind of classical uh, anything outside of the classical range until way later so when i played him that he blew his mind he said you mean this made it to an album (laughs) 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 so this is kind of like this is kind of you know it's not rocket science dude it's you know you get a riff you play you put some lyrics over it drums record but just like Howard in the 1980s, you know what he's referring back to himself in like the 1986 standup where he's impressed with swear words and yes. vagina and dick and cock and balls. And, yeah. You know, this, this is all going back to that he, where it's like you were talking about leg juice. Like <laughs> mind blowing. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> That's you know, aloha, <laughs> Mr. Hand. Would that be the case today, my no. dear? No, no what a chance. Way. No. no. But when you wrote it, were you afraid the record company would say, listen, this is too sexual? Or you didn't care about stuff like that? I don't think anybody cared, really. <laughs> what a riff. Let's play your entire catalog for you and see what you think. <laughs> and you're here to promote a new album? Sorry. <laughs> what was the name of that album? Oh, yeah, Led Zeppelin too. Why are you laughing at this one? I'm just... I'm laughing at you, clown. I'm laughing at you. I am laughing at your interview skills, you child. Yes. You really don't think about this. I don't think about anything, really, except for, like, I mean, can I get a tuna melt, you know? You don't think about this. I I forgot. They didn't offer him any bagels. He still doesn't have a coffee, and he won't get one for another half hour (laughs) when he begs for one. He's he's thinking about a tuna melt, Fillmore. That's yeah. the extent of this interview. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking about food. While I'm eating, while you're playing the drum solo from Moby Dick, can I at least get a fucking like bagel with good cream cheese or something? Yeah, this interview is so bad. You know when they say you you if you don't have all your. Uh, you know, you you live in a world where it's like survival of the fittest and like say you have to go back into that mentality. That's what he's in right now. He's like, yeah. oh, my God, I have no electricity, no water. Yeah. I don't have any money. And <laughs> everyone has guns. What yeah. am I thinking about? How am I going to get food? He's going <laughs> he's back to hunter gatherer mentality. That's how bad this interview is going. It's <laughs> stimulating him so little. Plant is in an escape room. He's like, I'll give you all my songwriting credits for fucking breakfast burrito right now. 
<laughs> I'll give you a physical graffiti. Of course I do, but I mean, not in this detail. Shit, it's only like half past eight in the morning. <laughs> Listen to this, man. You're yeah. on fire. Clip number 17. Do you remember when you were in the Beatles? Do you remember recording this? Or, or is it just a fog? Howard doesn't remember where he lived. Yes, I do remember recording this. I made the song. You're playing me, stupid. Where is some pancakes? <laughs> Clip 18. When you recorded the song, did the coin turn up heads or tails? When you get in the studio, does it go down quick? I mean, do you spend, like, do you just record it in a couple of days? Or does it take time? <laughs> Was it plugged in? When you, when you turn on a car. Do you usually put it in reverse or <laughs> When you open a bag of chips, do you make sure the letters are upside down? <laughs> when you open a door, do you turn the knob to the left? Or the... <laughs> when you put ketchup on your fries, do you spread it all over or do you put it on the side? <laughs> no wonder he's fucking... Thinking about a diner menu. <laughs> He's probably counting the cobwebs in the fucking studio. He's looking at his shoelaces, the unevenness of them. So the next clip is called, Did you feel <laughs> did you feel guilty for inconveniencing the band by nearly dying? This was <laughs> I was in a car wreck in um the mid seventies and I was in a wheelchair for seven months and um You had to stop a tour, right? Uh, yeah. Did well, you feel to... guilty because you, you kind of like kept the band <laughs> off the road for a year? Was that a tremendous no, no, pressure? We, no, no, of course you can't feel guilty. <laughs> no, I was worried about walking again. <laughs> <laughs> Interview clip number 20. Robert Plant had his own Artie in the band. Life became precious. Right. You knew how, yeah. yeah. Would you try to say to Bonzo or Jimmy, hey, guys, that life is precious. What are you doing to yourselves? We, we have this great career going. We have music. We have wealth now. We well, have everything. No, it, well, no, so you said we have music. We have wealth. That was not far beyond that. Like we have, and basically he's addressing the fact that Bonzo was an alcoholic and uh, Jimmy Page eventually got on heroin and, but still, you know, made it to gigs and whatever. My, mind you, they were incredibly late later on in the tour the years of the tours and they would keep audiences like two hours waiting, like literally two hours waiting for a fucking show. And, um, and then, so it just struck me that you had a guy that you enabled for fucking, I don't know, at least half of the time he was there and treated his drug use like it was a fucking joke. And then, but, but Robert Plant is supposed to, you know, you know, uh, make a, make time out and go, guys, you know, Come on, come on, get with it. You know, get off the heroin, get off the. What do we, don't you think he, Robert Plant, wanted to make song parodies off of Jimmy's heroin addiction? Uh, no. <laughs> we, uh, don't you think he wanted to preserve the wealth, not the person? Right. <laughs> wealth is, is as much as it is material, it's also a condition of the mind, you know. So you've got to be actually, you have to have your own internal wealth. Uh, and it has to be built in, not sort of jammed in there. And we never, ever, their lives, their own free time was their own free time. Yeah, what do you say? It's their business. And they all kind of made it to the shows. They didn't all hang out. They only hung out when they recorded or when they were touring. 
And then uh, between shows, it wasn't like they were all in the same room constantly, like fucking, like, I don't know, Oscar and Felix or <laughs> the Marx Brothers. Yeah, but that's the, that's the book that Howard has written in his head. And totally. you can't change that narrative. He's already written the book. He's just telling the story. And we got this guy here who was in the book. He did star in it. <laughs> he wrote the, the book. He's the main <laughs> guy's life in the autobiography yeah. is right here. But I'm going to tell you the story. <laughs> Exactly. Number 21, 79 and 80, barely making the corners. But I would imagine that when do you decide it's time to make an album? Does Jimmy call you and say, okay, we've had enough time off. I've, I've come <laughs> up with a whole bunch of riffs I want to play no. for. Or you say, I've got a bunch of lyrics and I got to get in the studio. No, that sounds really, what a clever yeah. idea that would be. <laughs> yes, but, but really, what but is it? What is, what is, what is yeah. the determination? Same as anybody else. You, are you in the band? Well, this is sort of a band, I guess, <laughs> yeah. in a weird way. No, I'm not in a band. I suck. You're sort of Don Partridge of uh, DJs. I, but... record, I recorded it <laughs> pretty bad. Mm. The reference is not lost, guys. Uh, Don Partridge was like singer, songwriter. He played, he, he's one of those guys who would play a folk guitar, but he'd have a harmonica set up on his, under his, you know, that, that whatever that thing is, that stand that they have, that when you're singing, you can just leave the harmonica there. And he was a, like an all-around musician, basically. <clears throat> So well, Wiggy, Wiggy, that's lost on Wiggy. But anyway, go ahead. But he, he's he, he's asking him such a dumb question that yeah. he, Robert Plant is like, well, what, like anybody. We yeah. just decided it's time to make an album. I mean, right. We weren't making we weren't making the <laughs> we weren't making the H bomb, Howard. I don't know what you're going we're, on. We're we're in a band. We just decided, okay, time for another one. Yeah, okay. pretty much. Yep, because uh, the uh, the record company needs a new new fucking album, guys. That's it. We're yeah. a band. This is what we do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it happens to the best of us. But uh, yeah, no, no. We just say okay. Um, let's meet in September. Right, and, and uh, see what we've got. And yeah, but we didn't actually let him fucking answer, shithead. No, why would we do that, Fillmore? We have to. <laughs> he has to tell their story. He has to. He he fucking ask them what do you do when you decide you need to start making an album so then you, you know what do you, what we, you we just decide studio? september yeah so that's what you do yeah and then yeah why are you doing this <laughs> <laughs> to be honest i must say um i always write things down i've got stuff written all the time i'm going to write after i've met you two guys now i'm going to write go, a song about us i'm going to write a lot of things about life <laughs> no, but seriously do you have a no what do you, three do you have a notebook with you at all times yeah and you jot down what uh poetry innuendo <laughs> use a pen do you use a slate <laughs> i'm going to tell you what you write in your notebook yeah. that i just told you you carry that's right um sort of Oh, a double entendre, anything that's kind of interesting. Ideas, phrases, words. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's translating it nicely. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you do when you go and write it? When you wrote your new album, you'd look through that book. You kind of said, "Hey, I've got this thought. I've got that thought." <laughs> Robin, Robin's not much smarter. No, I was just going to say, words, Robert ad Plan adjectives, is... adverbs, suffixes. Do you add, uh, you know, contractions? Do you, uh, uh, what else do you write on there? Do you pick Senses up fragments? how many? <laughs> Do you pick up how many times he has basically alluded these two people are simple minded? I pretty mean, much. he's done he's done it pretty much throughout the whole interview, but yeah. it's so obvious to anybody who I don't know reads. Anybody <laughs> goes in there like when I I, was, I really felt bad because when Tila Tequila went in and did an interview, I got oh god, a seventy eight is going to be interviewed by a seventy nine. 
<laughs> now he's he's going to make her feel like he's Robert Oppenheimer <laughs> and he's uh, she's you know just some fucking schlub. And I mean it's it's uh when certain guests are in there that are way too smart for him, it's where he sinks constantly. It's not it's bad enough when the dumbos go in there. When the whack but there's whack packers that make Howard sound like an idiot. Uh yeah. Yeah. And so as a result this is what you get guys, train wreck uh train wreck interviews. Yeah, speaking of Bonzo, I got to ask you about this. This clip, by the way, is called "Let Robert Show You How a Ripoff Starts." One song, okay? I'm gonna I'm gonna play you a song right now. Tell me if you remember this song. Have you heard this? You know the name of this song? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's what I heard. You guys were recording this. This is, of course, the famous song "Rock and Roll." You were recording it. Bonzo was frustrated with the drum part, and he started to play because he couldn't get it right. A song called Keep a Knock, and he played the drums from Keep a Knock. Little Richard, this is it. Why don't you just ask him? Like, why are you, you? You don't need to do this, dude. He's right there. Why don't you just say, hey, what happened when you recorded this song? It's, I mean, just, a pity. <laughs> it's just a pity we can't play the saber dance through this music. Nearly the same. Yeah, so he started to do this, and then on the spot, you guys wrote this. You guys wrote a new song out of that. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. That must have been a moment, huh? Well, they were all moments. Those yeah. were the days. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. We just showed you how to make a ripoff. Those were the days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> number, number 23, Stairway to Hell. Uh, they've asked you, you know, your favorite Stone songs. I've read other interviews with you. And, you know, you, you hear, you know, this is so iconic at this point, Stairway to ah. Hell. Uh, when you wrote the lyrics to this, the legend goes, you were in just a shitty mood. You were, you were in a bad place, right? No. No, that's what I heard. Who? Everyone told me that. Everyone, you were in a good mood when you wrote everyone this? Everyone was there. But this isn't your favorite song. You like Cashmere better than this song. Oh, I don't. I like everything. You... <laughs> oh, God. Right now, Fillmore, if somebody took this microphone and shoved it up my asshole, it would be more comfortable. Hold on. Um I'll see if I can find it. SCTV Brian Line Hand. <laughs> Brock Line Hand. Exactly. We're back. Linda Hopkins, singer, actress, Broadway performer. Linda, welcome. Brock, it's a pleasure to be here with you. 1958, Le Serre, <laughs> Paris. Present at the table, Debbie Reynolds and Eddie Fisher, <laughs> Merle Oberon and her husband, Steve Roman, and Alinda Hopkins. And isn't it funny that 24 years later, Debbie Reynolds and Eddie Fisher are no longer together, Daryl F. Zanuck is no longer with us, Merle Oberon is no longer with us, and Alinda Hopkins is engaged to be married to Merle Oberon's ex-husband, Steve Roman. What intrigues me is after all this time, why do you choose a script like Knock on Any Window, a script that even Amarty Ritt had initial problems with as a first-time movie vehicle? You know, I think you're a little confused, Brock. I was <laughs> never in Paris in 1958, and I've never met any of those people that you mentioned in public. And the movie was not knock on any window. 
It was called the balconies of paradise. Oh, my God. <laughs> Egypt, 1962. And Alinda Hopkins performs before a sold-out audience at the Nefertiti Theater in Cairo. Backstage, then-President Abdel Nasser says to you, Linda Hopkins, you have brought light to the Middle East where there has been darkness. Tell us what you told him, because I think that it reflects a great deal of who you are and what you stand for. Brock, And uh, please, I'm sorry, but do the same hand gesture that you did when you related this story to Kate Hepburn. In the first place, Brock, I've never been to Egypt. <laughs> I've never met Kate Hepburn. <laughs> In 67, you're swinging with the Rat Pack, Tahoe. And Joey Bishop says to Linda Hopkins, please don't rile Frank. He's still upset over the Mia thing. <laughs> you got <laughs> you know <laughs> it isn't very good is it no no <laughs> no use in pretending <laughs> i guess we should just show your film clip from balconies of, of paradise, paradise. <laughs> yeah, I'd, be, I'd be the last one to know wouldn't i <laughs> let's show the clip well, if you'd put it under the file marked Linda Hopkins instead of Miriam Hopkins, we wouldn't have wasted 15 minutes of airplane. <laughs> what scares a Linda Hopkins? I suppose it might be the sense of fearing tomorrow. In or is it the fear of what stupid question you're going to ask next? Okay, that's it. I want you out of here. You're fired. I'm through with your incompetence. You're the one who's incompetent. I'm not incompetent. <laughs> is that right? Is that what you think? Excuse me, Linda, one second. How about two years ago when you had Dean Jagger on the show and you had me ask him why he left the Rolling Stones? Or when you had me ask Richard Rogers why he had trigger stuffed? Mistakes can happen. Mistakes can happen? Explain that to Werner Herzog when I asked him how much longer he'd be managing the St. Louis Cardinals. Well, you can't fire me. I'm under contract. Is that right? Well, you just watch it, okay? Just watch. Get out. Out of here. <laughs> Simon approached Alinda Hopkins with a film script involving the... Fine, fine! Hurry! Freeze right there. So amazing. Didn't I just finish singing a song of people caring for one another? And here you two are fighting like you're trying to kill each other. Don't you understand? You know my... Linda Hopkins. Please join <laughs> next week when we'll be talking to screen legend and Broadway sugar baby Andy Rooney. <laughs> Andy Rooney. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
just it's thinking. So perfect. It's so it's, it's so, so perfect. <laughs> he has such tunnel vision for like um just like he's got focus. The only thing Robert Plant ever did was Zeppelin and maybe a couple solo songs that he remembers occasionally, but that's it. Imagine interviewing, I don't know, Marlon Brando. And the only thing you knew was the Godfather. But even then I would let him give his perspective on it. (laughs) Howard's not only tunnel visioning Zeppelin, but he's also giving his life story on what he thinks it would be like to be in the band. And that's the story. (laughs) Marlon Marlon Brando did the best interview of all time on the 25th anniversary of Playboy. We said, I stopped doing interviews because the level of journalism was just bullshit. And he said, I would get an interview in England where the guy goes, were you able to get into your suit for Superman? And then Marlon would answer, well, you know, in 1973, Wounded Knee took place. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, I loved uh, what I was doing uh, for my, after I graduated from English, I did a paralegal and we talked about Marlon Brando a lot and he had such an interesting life. My teacher, yeah, yeah, he was kind of more activist-y, but he talked about how frustrated Marlon Brando would get because he was actually talking about important things and yeah. interviews were just all about so you stuck napkins in your cheeks. Like, yeah. Do you prefer Big Macs? Who, who gives a fuck? <laughs> right. So uh, it was unbelievable. He's 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 saying he spent this in one of the part of the interview said, I'm fascinated with the inside of a camel's mouth. <laughs> it's just like you know, like the saliva glands of a camel and shit. <laughs> It's one of my favorite interviews. I'll send you a link. Like everything, but I you... Don't, I don't... Look, I know the I know the deal of this thing. I love this song. It's beautiful. I love it. I just could never remember what verse went where. Is that right? When you would sing it live, did you get confused? <laughs> did, you, did you use a teleprompter during the, the uh, concerts, or would you have... To- Teleprompters didn't exist for another 20-something years. <laughs> <laughs> what? He's a politician. <laughs> To, uh, memorize everything. No, I didn't use the prompter until I was singing my way. Yeah, right. But but it, 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 is a, pramp, a prompter a mistake when you're a, a singer? In other words, it, it takes you out of the moment and the connection with the audience. You. <laughs> he didn't say he used one, you dummy. Yeah. And then on top. <laughs> Does it take you out of the moment? What? <laughs> what a seventy-nine. Become too reliant on it. Would you get aggravated as the lead singer? Like the other guys could be out partying all night. Bonds are, you have to protect your voice, right? You, did you mm-hmm. worry about that kind of thing? Would you go to bed early while the band partied? What a fucking idiot! They were legendary <laughs> with their partying. Robert had like he had he was fucking five five strippers, like five groupies, like yes, they were all yeah, bent he over went on to his bed, bed early. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was like you. Yeah, I had exactly. no life. I didn't socialize. <laughs> my mother and sewed my name on my pants. I got a back page beard for really cheap to make pretend I'm still straight and then went to bed early again. <laughs> Interview clip number 24, guys. Hey, remember my solo career? Song. <laughs> I'm in the mood for melody. You leave Zeppelin, you do a solo career. And oh, that's, that's what it was. Yeah. Seriously, I mean, because you guys had done such beautiful music, what pressure? Zeppelin's over, you decide to do a solo album. If the thing tanks, Jimmy's going to call you up and laugh at you and say, how dare you? <laughs> right? I mean, he's going to... What? What? what are you... I... Everything's predicated on antagonism 
and you're like doing something, you're constantly looking in your rear, rear, rear view mirror. The only person an artist is in competition with is with themselves, their even, previous work. Fine. But that's life. You're constantly in competitions with uh, versions of yourself as you grow and that's learn right. as a person. I mean, I hope to Christ I'm not the asshole I was when I was 21. You know what I mean? It's just. <laughs> That's just life. That's just yeah. cycles. I hope to be as wise as you someday, Fillmore. But <laughs> I take the fruit of 40 years of mistakes and call it wisdom. <laughs> That's correct. I would just listen to this. He not only says you the pressure. So he didn't he never said it was pressure. Howard right. just invented that. Yeah, and then he said Oh, you had to be worried. He was just gonna call you up and laugh at you. No, this we, we don't. We don't. When we win or we lose, we don't. You know, force somebody suicide like you did, Howard. Right. <laughs> My God. The next one is called. <laughs> this one I wrote for you. Clip number twenty-five. I'm in the mood. I'm in the mood for an eight ball. Listen. Oh. Fuck. Oh my God. Listen to that. That is a beautiful song. Yeah. Who'd you write that with? Did you do that on your own? Nah, I never wrote the song on me. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be complete without some shitty wig pelican singing. Now, it's true. I looked it up. Robert Plant never wrote a, uh, his own song, at least at that point. He always had co-writes because he can't. He's not a musician. He needs people to... So he might be able to put chords together on a guitar and stuff, but he's not, you know, a songwriter per se. So... <laughs> just the next one number 26 is your name fake back down here and started touring wasn't jimmy so pissed when you went and did a solo album <laughs> just seriously let's get into this this is crazy who is this guy here come on he's holding the microphone he like little richard mr plan who's been done who's also a fag <laughs> <laughs> you gotta see that out this is like Roger Moore, Roger, when he had Richard Roger Moore and he goes, I don't know, I think you're thinking about Rock Hudson or something. <laughs> it really is that bad. I mean, who who is this guy? I mean, yeah. even throughout the whole interview, he just is realizing, you know, say you put, say you had a perception of Howard, it is being leveled. You are yes. going, you know. You're you're really demolishing the building at a rapid yeah. pace. It's nine yeah. eleven. <laughs> it's one of those Vegas old casino like, implosions. <laughs> yeah, it's building seven. <laughs> anyway, let's keep going. Trying to talk to you. By the way, Plant is your real last name. What a perfect rock name, huh? I don't know. Come <laughs> on, if you Robert Schwartz, it just wouldn't have worked. No, you don't, Robert Plant, Plant and Page. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. This is crazy. What are you going to, if you got a blanket for this guy? I mean, isn't that awesome? Do we get out of here? Some come on. Yeah, yeah, come on. I'm going to whack off the, no, what a perfect name, right? <laughs> Plant and P and P. Pussy. So the next clip is number seven, Jimmy Page, 27, Jimmy Page, Jimmy Page, Jimmy Page done a lot better than that but it was and jimmy like, played on the honey drippers album. sure did yeah he played on i get I thought, a thrill I thought, there's something you're not telling me about you and jimmy what's going on you guys speak all the time <laughs> you, it's like like no no comment yeah we <clears throat> yeah we sword fought <laughs> every show 
and sucked each other's nutsacks. You're welcome. Goodbye. What? No connection. What do you want from him? Listen to me. How many times have you been married? Uh, twice. Okay. Well, no. what about you? Me? Uh, wait, 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 wait. Did you hear that? Uh, uh twice. Uh, why would you have to uh twice? Uh, That's twice. True. That's weird because one's a paid beard and the other one realized you're gay. <laughs> I see all relationships as being the same sort of thing. No, you, you get don't. Yeah, I do. Well, how can you speak? Go Will ahead. you shut that? <laughs> I, look, do you I've got a lot of other things to do today. You don't shut do. up. I'm up. All right. You get, explain why, yourself. Why don't you get somebody else in here? I'm that. trying to. I'm trying to explain myself. You fuck. You just told me my life story. Well, so he just basically told him, if you don't if you get somebody who knows how to fucking do an interview, how many times, like, can he tell? He's been sort of, like, as you said, subtly sarcastic up until now, but now he's fucking furious. Like, he's pissed. What the fuck is this about? What kind of bullshit interview is this? And who are you? Like, what is, so he doesn't know anything about him or what he's been told about him has totally gone to shit because whoever the pitch, whatever the pitch was, like, he's not going to be offensive. He's not going to, you know, bring out strippers. He's not going to do this. Is all gone in the toilet because clearly plant is just fed up. I think also too, maybe Robert, maybe he even researched some old shows and was like, I'm going to, what's coming up next. I might be a part of something on the show, but that's not (laughs) happening. Even Robin is like. Would you shut the? Would you let him answer? I mean, yeah. for Robin to go off script and start scolding him, you know it's bad because oh yeah, she always gets in line. That's right, but she she knows it's in the in the crapper. She knows there's no saving it, but she's trying her best. Uh-huh. Go ahead. You see all relationships as the same. Yeah, you are on it or you're off it. You're good, you're bad. You never lose faith in people but you move into different places in your life understood i'm just wondering what's the state of the relationship now because he's expressed frustration with you he wants to go out on tour with you and you do not want to go out on tour with him and i get it i mean you're done with that phase of your life i understand no you don't because you wouldn't have been asking for a fucking hour about fucking led zeppelin and nothing but you just took the words right out of my mouth wicked fast like 100 percent right it was just, it's just like, you, you just, <laughs> you know, it's not, it's bad enough you step in shit, you start smearing it in, in like war paint on your body and that's, <laughs> and then you have the gall to say, look, I'm clean. <laughs> yeah. I, I just drilled you and played all of your hits from Led Zeppelin and then, you know, made inferences about you and Jimmy being gay for the last hour. Yeah. But, but I get it. You're done with that. Exactly. What? <laughs> Don't. <laughs> What did you it's say? literally he really this interview is you know a slot you're on stage on the nickelodeon kids choice awards covered in <laughs> slime and then pretending you're not now what what do you mean i didn't do that that didn't happen you're <laughs> number clean tw- number you're 29 clean. i can't remember why i called it this but i'm gonna just read it oh and here's the new album by steven singer <laughs> you hang with these days you hang out with any famous people like uh mccartney <laughs> or, uh, you know Mick Jagger at all? I mean, I mean, like I've now. met him a couple of times. He's another Leo, so you have to watch out. Really? No. Tricky, huh? <laughs> no. You got to be careful around him. He'll steal your woman, right? I mean, he's dangerous. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't? No. <laughs> You'd kick his ass. No, he just wouldn't. He wouldn't do that. He couldn't. You told Maybe Rolling Stone. I don't know. Maybe it would do me a favor <laughs> if I had a woman. Right. You don't have a woman right now. Not for the next 
<laughs> so he's he's just freewheeling it. You know, yeah, do you ever met me with Jagger? Oh my god, he's you got a woman. Oh, if you got a woman, what's the story? Do you you, you know ever hear you ever hear sticky who? fingers? Mick Jagger. <laughs> famous people know the people who are important to me are my family yeah friends you know family all my ex-wives holy shit you hang out with Mick Jagger yeah Jim Andy Warhol we all go to studio 54 and pal it up what are you talking about we do, we do. Bianca, we do. we're all there riding on a horse together. It's an opening. <laughs> Do, doing coke <laughs> off of banisters. I don't know. No, no, seriously. Are you in a relationship now? I don't know what your story is right now. Neither do I, but I'm doing okay. You're dating. Yeah, isn't it great that a sexagenarian dates? I was going to say, how do you do that? Are you on Tinder? What? Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you how do, do you it. do that? How do you date? How do you do that? All of a sudden, that's the exact same way he'd made fun of the guy that called in about Spencer Cobran. He's doing the same. Uh, I don't want to talk about my boss, Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's coming back. Really? You have to have Zeppelin. Yes. With no windows. <laughs> you told Rolling Stone this is your best Zeppelin vocal performance ever. This song. My but correct? he just said, Fillmore, he just said, if he listened, I don't yeah. know how many times he doesn't give a fuck about what Rolling Stone says. So why are you throwing a comment about Rolling Stone's thoughts? I, I guarantee, it? I guarantee someone in the back room threw that up on his screen and he decided I got to, I'm going to read it just to get off of this because it's going badly. Like he doesn't want to talk about the song that you're just playing. And but this is going badly too. Yeah, it is, of course. And then, so he's going to go on further into the hole. Do you still feel that way? Yes, Dad. Is that true? No, I do. I, do. I like it because, you know, it goes, what, what did the, ma- the maestro say? Light and shade. So yes. when it opens up and it tells, the, it tells how bad it's been. Yes. But how good it is now. It's like a fine painting, this song, right? In other words, it, it brings out a lot of different moods and emotions. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, this is nice. <laughs> I need another. We need another collage of Sam reaction shots, and it's Sam will. She knows she has an app. She can. She can work around that. But my God. Uh, I, uh, you know, <laughs> my my face during these. You know how like you have an emoji keyboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could basically pick any flavor. <laughs> Teardrop. Yeah. I'm waiting for you to come in already. Oh. It's going to go on again for I a know, while. Yeah. Why'd you wait so long? Why don't you just come oh, yeah, in already? Yeah, it's really tough. All right. So listen, let's talk about this new album. All right. You're out there. <laughs> so he gets the hint finally. <laughs> and he does play a little bit. But here you're you putting your ass on the line again. You're doing it. While others have retired and said, listen, that's it. I'm not making music anymore. Well, I like your terminology, but ass on the line? No, no. I'm just doing what the gods gave me the gift to do. And I'm in the best company that, to, to, to make that work. You know? who do you, who you, see, again, he, he, it's the, he's, Robert Plant's astute enough to point out you're putting your ass out on the line. You don't put out your ass on the line. You put out product. You're putting out songs. And then 
if people like them or they don't, you've released them. You're already onto the next album when by the time you've released one, you're working on the next one or you're writing songs or whatever. It's like a comedian who goes through a set, records it, releases it as a video, like an hour special or whatever. And then they're not doing those jokes anymore or they're working on other stuff. The premise is erroneous. Yeah. I mean, it's completely erroneous. That's no, I'm Robert fucking plant. My ass is not on the line. I am a success. Yeah, Just my legacy is. Like, that's the my, reason why you said you were jerking off to me throughout the entire show. I don't. My ass is not on the line. No, his legacy. He could release twenty bombs. His legacy is still intact. So, like, he he's got no fear in in, in releasing the shit. Wiggy's projecting. I put. A, he's like, I can't release another. But at this point, he hasn't brought out the new book yet, and it hasn't flopped yet. So every project Howard's never puts on anything that he could fail upon which he could fail it's always like no 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 i can't it's got to be success otherwise i'm not releasing it it got to be guaranteed money up front got to be this i'm not going to release something that's going to be a bomb yet he did the the latest book and other people want to argue no howard stern comes again with success success mm, he sold millions of his first two book and barely sold what a few hundred thousand copies of the latest that's not a success you turn off you can't make comments unless you buy the book it's all yeah. it's it's such, you, and now he turns off comments on Twitter. Yes. You can't, you can't even comment on the regular show or his page or whatever. It's so crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like I, these celebrities, even like blusterous Alec Baldwin yesterday went on a tirade. He called someone a racist for, for actually calling his wife out in an article and how and Alex said another another neurologically diseased racist and the person said what lies tell me what lies are in this article and what and race he just yeah why are you racist because somebody wrote an article that actually correctly points out what a fraud your wife is I mean why is that racist you I, piece of shit I read a blind that the the works are already in for the going in for the divorce uh, like they're trying to oh, figure oh, out yeah you know they're, that they're, was put into a, place. Well, he's already been living separately from them because yeah. of COVID. No, okay. Right. It's because right. he, she's a baby collector sociopath. <laughs> working with these days. Who do we got? We the got- new album is called Carry Fire. Amen. Right. Here we go. <laughs> Available wherever music is sold, wherever that is. Yeah, I can't imagine. Who are like- you working with? <laughs> Okay, clip number 30, Land of a Thousand Questions. Yeah, the guys, we we are a consortium and we're called the Sensational Space Shifters. You believe in that, space shifting? Yeah, and we are, that's the name of, I put my... Robin shifts a lot of space constantly. Is that a serious question? I don't know. It's like a fortune cookie question. (laughs) Okay. Do you believe in that? We call ourselves the uh, Band of Joy. Do you believe in joy? Do you believe in Area 51? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I'm trying to get to the new album. My, my thing froze up here. Yeah. <laughs> I had another Zeppelin clip lined up, but I want to talk about your solo album. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's not a Freudian slip. That's a Freudian elbow. Imagine having the band wings on and you're playing <laughs> and you're playing Eleanor Rigby. 
this is just crazy. She's leaving <laughs> home. Bye bye. I've got a bit of problem going on there. No, no, no. I'm going to get to you. So they call the sensation. I'm going to get to you. <laughs> you got that right. I worked with a girl called Alison Krauss. Right. In between. She... We know he trashed it about eight and ten years, <laughs> nine years earlier. Called yeah. yourself out. <laughs> we, already, we already covered that. You should have listened to that before you came on to this awful exactly. making interview. <laughs> yeah. He was a space shifter in her own way. And I worked with Paddy Griffin, who is definitely a space shifter. That was his ex. That was his ex-wife or wife at the time, I believe, Patty uh, Patty Griffin. Uh, but I'll someone can feel free to c- correct me. He's had a couple ex-wives. A space shifter. Yeah, just moving moving air around you, just changing it all. You're still like a hippie. Thank you. You know, you know what I mean. Mm. I was always freaked out when you cut your hair and now you grow it back again. <laughs> you did that. I didn't think a bob suit for me to be with. <laughs> now it's a fucking Mr. Blackwell thing. It's not his clothes. Now it's his hair. You knew that that had to be a mention. He doesn't understand the space shifter concept. No. It's an energy changing environment. So meaning you're creatively different if somebody else comes into your space and it produces some sort of product. I don't care what sort of uh, medium you use for creativity, whether it be music or podcasting mm, or sure. art, or whatever, but right. you're inspired. And that's what he means by shape shifting. Howard literally space, thinks, space shifting, space shifting. Yeah. Howard like thinks it's like a werewolf. <laughs> Can you turn into a building? A fucking moron. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, you turned into that haircut. <laughs> See, he thinks it's like physical. He thinks it's really like a physical thing. Like, oh my God, like it's the thriller video and Michael Jackson gets some yellow eyes and starts <laughs> zombie dancing at some point. <laughs> right, you so, could while. Yeah, then I had one of the things that I didn't know I got called the mullet. Did you? Yeah. You developed a mullet. Accidentally, yeah. <laughs> Until I saw that film with Stairway Denied, yeah, that I realized that I had a mullet. It's a big decision as you get older, too. Did you ever think about coloring your hair or anything? Oh, I did. A lot, yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. Did you ever marry a blonde and say you were attracted to women? <laughs> did you ever tell your psychiatrist you're not gay? What do you ask? True idiots tell on themselves all the time. I think so, yeah. So he's constantly talking about hair and this and that. It's because he's wearing a shitty rug. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the hair, Guy Lafleur hair facts commercials on YouTube, guys. Is a blast from the past. <laughs> Murray. This guy, <laughs> this guy won six Stanley Cups, but he's shilling for a fucking hair, fake hair company. I looked like Richard Branson for a while. <laughs> I'm starting to get a little gray, and I'm thinking, do oh, I let, me too. let it go? Do it's I good. let it go? No, <laughs> Right, and then you know he's having. I can't even breathe. I'm like the person in the Murray's wig commercial, diving into the pool, and I can't breathe. He he asked so many people about what you're doing. What's the situation with your hair? Yes, Jerry right. Seinfeld that, and comedians getting cars, getting coffee. Yep. He asked people constantly, "What what are you doing for your hair? When did you decide this? Like, it's a big decision." Right. It's not only if you're bald and you're trying to figure out how to maintain <laughs> this chia pet that you've been planted on your 
fucking had. <laughs> it makes Burt the Reynolds. Only time. It makes Burt Reynolds' 1990s wig look like the the, the, the statue of David. <laughs> now, well, the thing is, the thing is, um, Raven and I covered this in the more recent breakdowns that he's still like when we started laughing, I, I couldn't stop laughing when he started talking about, you know, I got to cut my hair. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like having, it's like having an artificial plant in your house for 20 years saying you need to trim the shrub. Like what? <laughs> no, it's plastic. It's been here for 20 years. You know, it's, it's getting, it's, it's, it's he's, he's talking to it at the same way, in the same way that when my mother went, my parents went to Greece one summer and they have so many plants. It looks like the Amazon in our old house. And she's just make sure you water the plants thoroughly. <laughs> I did such a great job. I watered the fake plants too. <laughs> I didn't know it. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah. So, I mean, it really, it, it's like, you remember in the nineties when it was really popular to decorate with like fake plants on top of your kitchen cabinets. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, like it's pretending like that's you have to do something with those. Yeah. Nothing. They're going to be the same. They're not growing into right. the cabinets. Stupid. <laughs> you don't need a haircut. They're taking root. It's just around the corner. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Getting older is a bitch, isn't it? I don't care. You don't? I do. Of course I care. Of course. It's... What am I doing like this? I mean, ah! it's, it's tough, isn't it? I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm, I go, I can't even believe, like, I'm up to pee two or three times a night. It's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, you should go home a bit. Um, <laughs> Howard's turning this into a doctor's appointment. <laughs> He's turning this into an annual physical with Robert fucking plan. <laughs> Listen, oh, I got this, I got this Kaposi sarcoma on my neck. What do I do about this? <laughs> Robert ever had this problem? <laughs> ever get anal herpes, Robert? <laughs> if it's a blister, <laughs> I started. <laughs> My knee hurts. <laughs> I I paid this girl from back page feathered laundry to be my wife and now I have a blister on the head of my dick what should I do? <laughs> I think really you just got to take it as it comes as the days come it's great it's, if it, it's great if it's great it's great you you got a lot to do with it whether it's good or not isn't it great you never lost your hair yeah I mean, <laughs> the front end. You can't be walking around without your hair. No. Well, I'll let you know what to do. I hope you live to 100. Well, thanks, Dad. It's <laughs> twice he's called him Dad. <laughs> he's younger than him. <laughs> Number 31, when the wiggy breaks. Robin's taking her clothes off for you, do you see? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it on. Say, you don't want him to. He's out underage groupies and gets to get anyone he wants. But Robin, this fucking cancer-ridden sack of from this brown couch, is gonna be his sex symbol. Like that's the incentive. She's literally the fucking sofa you see by somebody's mailbox, and there you hope the garbage man takes. Robin, Robert, does this parka lounger turn you on? Okay, here we go. Leave. So I'll, oh, I'll keep those it on. on. Yeah. <laughs> isn't it, isn't I like music this show. Yeah. yeah. Isn't this music amazing? That like it has that. Yeah, I, I mean, when did you realize that?
You know there are guys in fucking Springsteen cover bands that get chicks, Howard? Oh, God, there's so many, like, karaoke bands that, you know, there's this... (laughs) There's this band in Buffalo that plays. They literally have these, you know, middle-aged women that follow them around at every single performance. It's ridiculous. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So if that's <laughs> karaoke happening, groupies, it's so true. Here's and your here's your here's your front stage pass. <laughs> and, and so. Howard's treating this so fucking weird. I just, I can't can't even breathe right now. I like this sound. I like this sound. I wonder if Jimmy's listening to this going, oh shit, this fucking guy can't be in Zeppelin. Where'd you find this guy? (laughs) Is he a stand-in for somebody who knows what he's doing? You have no idea what... So he's... There you whoa, like zinger. Thank you, Sir Roger Robert, just for telling what everybody in the audience is already hearing, anybody with ears. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> remember Take- when <laughs> you remember laughter remember when <laughs> Drago kills Apollo Creed it's like you think it's a joke and then all of a sudden it's not this interview is that it's this guy's like I am dead fucking serious you suck if he leaves he leaves <laughs> if he dies he dies well, yeah, and I mean, th- this is the ironic thing. You imagine the pitch to get him on this fucking show, and this is what it turned out as. Oh, he just thinks this is such a mockery, and he's still tables. He's still plate spinning. Yeah, absolutely. And at this point, it's it's almost like like I can only imagine what Robert said to his his fucking manager and after the fact, and like, you know, don't worry, I'll be back next time I have a record. I don't know when the last time he had a record. It wasn't too long ago, but he, I don't think he was back. Oh, wait till Jimmy listens to this. Wait till he hears this. No, he probably heard this and thought, who do what counselor do I have to call to get you out of this hostage situation? <laughs> Exactly. If you want a drinking game, guys, just every time he says Jimmy Page, drink, you'll be fucking, you'll be shit-faced inside of 20 minutes. <laughs> Who do I have to call to make sure you come home not in a body bag? <laughs> Pieces. What's been going on here all this time? He's been trying to get you back together. You never know. Oh, oh yeah. No, okay. you know what? I'm not hung up on that. I just think there's <laughs> yeah, a bit got of a... a Tinder, mate. But I think there's a bit of a fuck you in it. I do. I think it's kind of like, you know what, Jimmy? Hey, I moved on. Listen to this, pal. Well, it is only yeah. the 13th <laughs> record since bonzo passed away that is true <laughs> let's so basically and the other thing is he's collaborated with jimmy over the years con- con- like regularly semi-regularly every now and then. there's only a couple the odds and ends where you know it was cover plant coverdale david coverdale and jimmy page made a made a record and that was considered oh you know he's going after the robert plant clone when you can't get robert go for the clones and, uh, but, but they've been, you know, generally they've been fine with each other. I mean, they're always going to have a relationship together on some level. So why well, are you going to crowbar this animosity that doesn't exist? It really doesn't exist. No. I mean, it's completely fabricated on the fly, fabricated <laughs> animosity. Exactly. Interview clip 32. Who writes this shit? First of all, the song we just heard, May Queen, that's the first single. Who decides it's a single? I mean, who, who makes that decision? Do you make that or the record company? We sit down with a Ouija board and go, oh, help. Right. 
It's really hard to tell, right? You don't care about any of that. It's all point. internal for you. You don't sit and analyze the way you do things. You just uh, let it happen. <laughs> Number 33. Does it feel good to win a Grammy? Was it a big deal to you, like, when you won a Grammy for, for the album with uh, Alison Krauss? Uh, <coughs> like, like, or do you not care about the... I mean, no, no, I felt... We got five or six that night. Yeah. And... Um, you I mean, beat Coldplay and Radiohead. All those guys yeah. were up for Grammys, and you beat yeah, them all, but right? they'll be getting them one. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> Millie Vanilli won a Grammy. That's so. <laughs> pretty. They're like the Golden Globes, basically. No one cares. Or the People's Choice Awards. Actually, nobody cares about any of that shit anymore. Those that those events are so low in ratings for a reason. Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, the, the, the Grammys back in the day basically was the music industry way of like shoehorning you onto one album. So there's a remember there every year there's one motherfucker hit album. Frank Zappa wrote about this in his book. So you you know years ago it was like Santana that one album, Supernatural, whatever, and then it was like Lauren Hill or it was. Um, you know, Natalie Cole's Unforget, where she dug her fucking dead father out of the ground to get a hit <laughs> and, uh, you know, cleaned herself, went out of Betty Ford and decided, oh, you know, I'm not King Cole at, you know, and, um, and then, uh, you know, certain, they, 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 they do this. It's, it's, it's like they, yeah, they, they stack, they stack it. it, they stack it so that they just have a huge hit album that keeps the people in the stores basically. Yes, but they, they've realized, I think people have realized it's a certain group of people that vote on things. Yep. We're not in it. No. The population isn't in it. In yep. a way, it's, it's like the Oscars. Like, yeah. It's just like, well, we don't have a say in any of this. You're actually not asking people. You're asking people <laughs> in the industry that, uh, you know, ass lather each other. So who really gives a fuck what any of you think? You're not actually right. asking us what we think. Right. You're asking Harvey, Harvey Weinstein's trying to pull out <laughs> of a, a stewardess that he's coerced into sex to, so he can watch the latest uh, Meryl Streep piece of shit that who, who also fucked him for parts. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not, it doesn't, it's a reason why all the numbers are down for all those shows because it is, and, you know, it's like Marie Antoinette, let them eat cake. People are so like fed up with watching people you know, back pat each other. Yeah. Nobody cares. Not right. one bit. And certainly Robert not during Plant, a fucking pandemic. Robert Plant didn't care back then either. So no. that's his point. He's like, didn't you just hear me say, I don't give a shit what Rolling Stone thought in the seventies. I don't care sure. what the Grammys thinks now. It was like all those times he, Wiggy talked about, I don't care to be in the rock and roll hall of fame and, or it's the radio hall of fame. And then we, he couldn't stop talking about people that went in and the guy that runs the radio hall hall of fame. And, he berated like Wendy Williams for like, for some people it is important. And if it is so, so be it. And if it's not important to you, then it shouldn't be a, a topic of conversation is the point. Right. You know, like why waste all this conversation? I'm pushing up the daisies, <laughs> <laughs> but, the th but the deal is that was another magnificent accident, you know? So the fact that anything came out of it, but do you like getting a Grammy? Is that a big deal? Well, I've never had any other ones, actually. So right. We Isn't never, that weird? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> album later. I think yeah. we got one Grammy for... for... It drives me crazy. <laughs> See, it shows you. Wiggy desperately wants to be awarded for just staying in the game or just wants, like, you, a participation award. Do you like making honor roll? Do you like, <laughs> do you like getting a gold star and a trophy? Yeah. Does that make you feel good? It's you just... Won? It's, it's so nutty. It's so fucking <laughs> nutty. It's, uh, the next one is called, and let's turn back a couple Jimmy Pages. I, I, I respect everybody. Nobody, you, nobody's no, you in, don't. Nobody's you don't in the it. way of anything. 
it's a game we're all in it we're having a great time but look how much fun you have playing guitar because mm. you did you ever say to jimmy and, and and the rest of the band hey man I, i'm gonna play guitar one i'm gonna get out there and, play, and jam with you guys or mm. or would they like kind of like no that's not led zeppelin I can't feel more with this whole no, no 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 you didn't. He just said an opinion and Howard goes no no you didn't. Yeah. What are you what kind of fucking shitbag nut pile of garbage are you? What are you yeah. talking about? Mhm. The next clip is called <laughs> Trampled Under Wig. Phenomenal yeah. player, right? Brilliant. And then when a guy like that dies at what 27? He's like about Hendrix. Mm-hmm. It's unthinkable. Wonder what he would have been yep. doing now, you know? I always think like that. Well, well we're not doing this program, I wouldn't think. You don't think he'd ever <laughs> do it? <laughs> <laughs> You're sorry you did this program. But yeah, maybe I am, he would yeah. Have, yeah. <laughs> Boy, is he um, ever. <laughs> you know, Hendrix did an interview with... Uh, Dick Cavett. D- Dick Cavett, yes. Yeah, I love that interview. Great interview. I, yeah. It's such a good interview. And Dick Cavett is phenomenal interviewer i adore that show he was the the gold standard the 70s one especially and like so many good interviews and that one with uh um god what's her name sophia loren who she's like 50 and fucking stunning making 25 year olds look like shit (laughs) you know she said this thing and i do this it says you're you put an ice cube on your face in the morning because it like wakes up your skin and mm-hmm. so I've always done that just because I read that in an interview that she gave because she is just phenomenally stunning. Yes, she is. For like She's... most of her life. Like she'd be 70 and hot. Yes. <laughs> she'd be a gilf. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's keep going. <laughs> Here's another. Oh my God. Who have you got to who have you got to be kind to to get some coffee? You see how I'm modified? Would you like some coffee? You, we yeah. would love to get you some coffee. Please, yeah, because it's... Oh, yeah. But bring some coffee in immediately. And black, please, Mr. Hop, Plant. Black, please, no sugar. No, 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 no. <laughs> so the guy's done this hour and stuff. They've not offered him anything. Do you know that prisoners who are arrested for murder and they're sitting in a room and they're asking you? So what, they get coffee and cigarettes. They get treated better. Possible murderers get treated better than yeah. these guests. Yeah. And this is in studio, guys. This was not a like phone or you, you got to remember this is way back when. So they had and this is well past the uh, <laughs> this summit in which we found out a month later. He didn't want to spend 60 bucks on a thing of bagels. <laughs> That's too much. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> no coffee they're, they're for tra- you. <laughs> they're treating <laughs> rapists, murderers. <laughs> Abusers, domestic violence people, yeah. way better. Yep. Bones of Saints. And by the way, this is him playing a clip that he's never heard before. It's off the new album, and Wiggy's just commenting it because he didn't have the time to listen to it beforehand. <laughs> Shocker. Like he does. Yeah. I didn't read the book. I didn't yeah. watch the movie. I didn't watch I didn't the movie. I didn't watch the show. Yeah. Do you, do you get it yet, Sarah Silverman? Upbeat. He's not even listening to it. He's just kind of going like, let's, let's fucking get through this piece of shit. I'm listening to it. It kind of reminds me of. Well, all the money comes. 
Sam was saying it sounds much like something and we were trying to figure it out and we went into, uh, YouTube, thank God. And we, uh, we got a little bit, I won't play it because it's going to get flagged. If the other, the rest of this horseshit interview doesn't get flagged. And I was thinking of, uh, Charlie Sexton beat so lonely from some kind of wonderful soundtrack. And it's, it's a, the tempo is the same and it's definitely got eighties ish. So listen to a little more of it. These musicians get to work with you, they must go out of their mind. They already are, but no, I mean, but you know what I mean. They're like, hey, guess who I'm working with? You know, mate. yeah, star fucking star feuds. Do you know anybody famous? Bow down to me, I'm famous. Like, it's all about it's all about the same shit, it's all about power structure, power imbalance. And I think, in some ways, that Howard's not the only one that maintains this sort of structure of. Who do you work with? Who do you talk to? Who are you friends with? Who do you date? It's it's really institutional star fuckery. And mm-hmm. some people just don't play by this. And I am so grateful that for the people who say, yeah, I don't give a fuck. I'm yeah. Robert Plant. I don't care who I go to lunch with or get tattoos with <laughs> like you you loser. <laughs> there are people that like, uh, there's, I'll read some stuff later on. Uh, it's from the, uh, from, from just people that's reacted to the interview and some of them are in the industry and they said he, I've met Robert Clint plant. I've spent hours talking to him about music stuff. He's just as down to earth as you can imagine. Um, especially now, you know, and he might, he kind of was that way back in the day, albeit, you know, clearly more, you know, entitled, but you know, that when you get older and you're just like, you've got, you're secure with yourself and you're secure with your place in history and music history, you don't have to be, have airs. You don't have to be this hoity-toity asshole. You can just hang with the hoi polloi. I think it's most people too, who, who kind of never realize themselves and it's always been this false face. So it's that falling of the face. If you've built yourself up in a persona that isn't really true to who do you, who you are to bring to begin with, you can't have these types of conversations. And these people are the people who run these institutions mm-hmm. that they, that's why this exists. Yes. That's why, and- that's why places like podcasts and Rogan who have real heterodox thought and discussion, mm-hmm. they are, they are a threat. To yeah. That's how they proliferated false faces. And, uh, you know, it's the guys that the hits keep on coming. Black No Sugar. Look how fast you got that. Yeah. I can get people to come in here and blow you, for God's sakes. I mean, coffee's an easy How one. fast can you make that? <laughs> I can make that happen. <laughs> very very quickly minutes. over here. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see what they're going to look like. Where's Beth? like this on this program. Uh, <laughs> I'm a man of the cloth. What happens when you work with your musicians on this new album? Do you uh, do you have to, like, whip them into shape? I no, mean, no, no. They are. They're, they're kind to me. But it's a different process than you're used to. You're the... Because <laughs> it's different than when you were with Jimmy. The leader. I mean, you got to sit there and like really bark out the orders, right? And say, listen, this is what I want. No. Again, see, he's just projecting. I've got to tell you what I want. And let me, let me kick you in the fucking ass. Let me kick you in the gut and tell you what I think. Yeah, no, this isn't Louis B. Mayer. Like, this isn't the set of, you know, <laughs> we're not, we're not, we're not shooting people up with amphetamines and saying, get back to work for $50 a week. 
<laughs> exactly. Um, since uh, the citizens, uh, terrible Nazi machine. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> click, click number thirty-six. We're gonna barrel through, if that's okay with you. Since I've been boring you. Nothing. I can tell you what an honor it is to meet you. Does uh, this mean it's over now? Yeah, because I, I know you're, you're beat. I don't want to keep you here for another second. We are going to let you off the hook. I mean, one day uh, you're going to walk in here, and we're going to go through every song, and you're going to dredge up every memory. Of like, every... like you've already done. <laughs> Does this sound fun to you? Thing that ever happened when you recorded these songs. It could take minutes. And the next one's called <laughs> clip number 37, Insanely Large Communication Breakdown. Go ahead. You know, this is an, if you were to do that, for example, like if you were to drudge up, like I'm going to make you come in and look at your life. There's right. this documentary out right now on Hulu of uh, Soleil Moon Fry, and it's called Kids 90. And she recorded, literally, she taped her entire life mm-hmm. growing up as an actress in the 90s. She always right. had a camera. Her yep. move to New York City, she had so many different people in her life and it's so genuine but she's the one who drug who dug her own life up and decided to put it out to the world and hmm. i wish i could have the entire raw footage of all of this it's amazing she has diary entries so she filmed everything she filmed wow, I never heard everything about this. she did it this this it's awesome and the purpose is you can dig up your own life and present it but it's not fun to have somebody sit there and say, what do you think about this? Yeah. What do you think and, about that? Right. I Try mean, to it's suck just, it out of you. Yeah. It's, it's taxing. Yeah. It's, it's, it, yeah, it's, it, that's the great word. Taxing. It's draining. You would never write a book about your life, would you? Never. Never. Are Why? You, because it's so good and it's so funny. Is it great? So, so it hasn't finished yet. Cheeky. I mean, but, but <laughs> where did you find this guy? <laughs> no, no, great, right? How many times it's has he good. asked that? <laughs> we, just, we should have kept a tally. Who, who is this guy? Where did you find this guy? We should I'll, have tallied it. I will probably put it in an, in, an in, intro, like just ask like all these reactions from <laughs> from celebs being interviewed, and just put them in, and like, what the fuck? Here, did you really just ask that? Yeah, it, it was great. Sometimes it was prematurely great. <laughs> oh, is that right? I got the same problem. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. If bit. you can get the problem, now you're doing good. <laughs> yeah. Everything working uh, fine and all that. So far, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now he thinks he gets the the idea that because he joked about. He made a joke that went over Wig's head pretty much for five seconds and then it clued in. He thinks he can ask him about his dick. And he's like t- t- towing the water in the game. But he's, he's doing that thing where it's like a physical again. We're going yes. back to you're a doctor. Nobody cares. <laughs> I don't want to be involved in Robert Plant's annual. Like, That's right. Good no. I got my eye on it. I still pleasure myself and I'm uh, 63. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought you were much younger than that. Uh, I look gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually changed outfits for you to play away. Mm. But I've heard a lot about you, <clears throat> and I know earlier on in your career you were a piece of work. I mean, <laughs> everybody used to avoid you like the plague unless they were really desperate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of ties into what someone said about like uh, Seinfeld. He doesn't come on unless he needs to play. Like he was basically saying, "I don't need to go on Howard anymore because I'm I've, I'm famous now. I've made it." And you're only, and Seinfeld made, uh, basically someone reported on a and a that Seinfeld did after a gig saying, um, Howard's the bottom of the barrel when he went to Sirius, like no one needs to go there. And then Wiggy, Bowie followed it up on a wrap up show saying, we don't get the A-list guests anymore because we're on Sirius. Then in the summit, Wiggy's going, 
we're, we're, we're in trouble. All these millions of listeners, but we're in trouble. <laughs> it doesn't work out. Yeah. How does that make sense? I mean, logically, why are you giving this presentation if you're not, if you're, if you're not, if you're not taking buckets and scooping out water to not sink? Yeah. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you can't be successful and failing. <laughs> Look, I got an A, I mean D minus. Uh, which is it? <laughs> to be loved. I was a young man who, uh, you know, my hormones were raging and I was out of control. Did it sound familiar? Slightly, yeah. Yes. I really admire the fact that you can do that. I thought, you know, maybe I can do something like this. Like what? A radio show? Yeah. What but, are you, you're Robert Plant. You don't want to do this. Yeah, but I could be really absurd and ask those stupid questions to people. <laughs> Do you want to try it? I'll give you a shot. Sure. If you fuck up, we I'll take you 20... off. <laughs> <laughs> He's just criticized him and said, and then on, on at the end, we goes like, oh, you know, you, well, you know, come on, I'll give you a shot. If you suck, we'll pull you, we'll pull you right off. <laughs> like you pulled off everybody. Like they fired Jenny McCarthy and like they fired uh, Jason Ellis. <laughs> if Robert Plant got even a fraction of the popularity on Reddit, Howard would be like, pull him. Yeah. Brian Singleton actually, uh, made a good point about the, uh, because someone posted a Bubba. This is just a kind of tangential, you know, uh, little runoff here, guys. Sorry about that. It's already long as it is, but how Bubba basically started off at serious with like, I don't know, uh, uh, like a moderate contract and he was doing terrestrial. He ended up getting lowballed and then had to do terrestrial as well as serious just to pay the fucking bills. And it was Wiggy behind all those marbles. He's the one that lowballed him in the end where he had to leave and he never wants to say it, but he knows Howard was responsible. He claims, oh, he don't, don't bring me into, you know, your negotiations and shit because Wiggy knew he said that to, if, if he did say that to Bubba, it's because he knew he was behind it. He's the final say on how much do we pay these assholes? I mean, it's the same with Julie. Julie's like, Right yep. now, he posted something on Instagram that said, see, folks, everything is fine. Howard Stern is okay with my move to Alabama and doing what I'm doing. It's because he fucking didn't want to pay your health insurance, cut you loose, yes. and wanted to cut your salary in half. That's all him. It's not serious. It's him. No, that's you right. dummy. Exactly. Number 38, bring it on homo. If we like no, it, no, we'll let you, you do it but again. This, but this, do you always have people in and... And do this because that's the good thing. If you had just playing records and saying, "Oh, we never play records no. unless somebody's here whose records are worth playing." Early in my career, I realized I cannot be at the mercy of playing records. Mm. No, the ratings. <laughs> I have to do what Ocean's on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a rock DJ, and he just, he just, guys, you just heard the reshinding. He, he, what is it? I support back acts, but I don't actually play any music. How can you be a rock DJ then? Because you dress up like it. Because <laughs> you play well, dress but, up yeah, like Rob it's Zombie. All costume. How did you yeah. get this look? Take me through it. <laughs> and to have someone of your stature, and, 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 and I mean this because I don't know if I'll ever get to see you again. You have meant so much. <laughs> Never again. The record coming out in three years. I'll be back. All right. You'll be back. back. Never came back. Interview clip 39. Oh, go ahead. Imagine a date that goes so horribly bad, <laughs> like a blind date you have online, and you're like, holy shit. And there's a code word that you like you say, okay, listen, it's text me, text me, call me. If this is going bad, I will text the word back. And if it is, tell me that you have an emergency. That's what this is. This is that date. I mean, it is so brutal. 
this is, you know what, this is why we do the podcast we do together and with Raven, we all have each other's fucking shorthand so easily because I just made the reference on one of the breakdowns out. If you ever go on a double date and it's going bad and you start texting under the table, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hate that we're all in each other's brain because that's so, we do have that similar sense of humor, but it's true. And honestly, the, after this interview, I guarantee you, Robert Plant's like, listen, from now on, when I'm doing interviews, I am going to have my phone with me. And yeah. anytime this happens, I'm texting wig. Yeah, something. I mean, the next one. And I, by the I way, you save word. <laughs> Jimmy Page on her uh, Facebook group, in her Facebook group. These are for you. I just tried to throw in a few titles to make fun of them for you. Number 39, Wiggy Desperate for Percy's Big Log. Yeah, I do realize that. What do you do at nighttime? At night, I go yeah. to bed eight o'clock, eight thirty. My wife and I go. To <laughs> yeah, we got the complete different off. Uh... <laughs> Sounds like a guy laughing. who fucks his wife a lot. <laughs> opposite schedule of you. Yeah, never, I, because I, we never I, stay up late. Because I'm a morning guy. <laughs> no gin. Let me tell you, if you're in a relationship where you love someone. You're not really thinking about a bedtime. It's just like, it's just so crazy. His his regimented life is enough to let you know he's not fucking anyone. Help except for Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> That's just degrading, sure Fillmore. Just, just make sure there's enough oatmeal in the morning. No, uh, no. Nah, nah. I drink a glass of wine. You'll never see him in the pub. There's no. None I've of that. been doing a bit of homework about you. I said, what does he do at night? You know, nothing. <clears throat> Is he down CBGBs or, or hanging out around that area? No, I was never one of those guys right. who hung out. I, I yeah, I never cared about music or rock or the nightlife. I was a. I was a. <laughs> he was at the was mine big. shaft. He was at the anvil. <laughs> All the fucking gay clubs. The saint. <laughs> I was literally. <laughs> Holding my breath when <laughs> they wouldn't when let Sam Kinison came in the studio, hoping not yeah. to die. Exactly, they wouldn't let me and Ralph into uh, Plato's retreat because it was no, no, no gay couples there were allowed. I tried going out, and my twink boyfriend that I pair, I pay minimum wage to style me. <laughs> he <laughs> was dealing X. At spa, and, so yeah, we were and, kicked out. <laughs> and poor Robert doesn't even realize like the days of CBGBs at this point were long gone, and Max's Kansas City was long closed, and all these like legendary hangout places for bands. So he's not going to him anyway. No, of course not. House, I, I, I'm very like you're a world traveler. Like when you, I remember <laughs> big. I, 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 it's it's awful. The radio studio is the. I don't even know where we are right now. I, I you know, somebody yeah, brings uh, me here. Yeah, geographically, what? he could what? not find his way. <laughs> He, he, this is the self-deprecating thing used to be a tool he would use to make, you know, the, the, like put the, uh, interview interviewee at ease, but now it just sounds like he's retarded. I mean, like it's now it's, it's just like, okay, I understand. I'm being interviewed by a slow person. Okay. Yeah, I got it. Imagine saying you lived at, you lived at the address you do for 30 years, right? And you don't know where the coffee place is at the corner of your street. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Robert Plant is being interviewed by Corky and he decided like, like this is going to, this is the way it's going to go. And he's desperate to get out. So he's already tried to like get the fuck out and it's, it's only coming up. There's more of it coming. Yeah. <laughs> you know how stupid he is? There is this, 
there's this guy that lived in my neighborhood that was in a car accident. <laughs> he used to drive around in his mechanical wheelchair and he would go around to all the local places and bars. And of course he was impaired cognitively from the car accident. And oh. he had like a like keyboard that he would type to speak with because he couldn't type. That guy could get around better than before. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Fox. He would he would go to bars. He'd go to the grocery store. Nobody would worry about him. He would just like you'd be like, "Hey, hi, nice to see you." Everyone would give him a hug. He'd type on the keyboard. We he would come up on the screen. He'd say what he's saying, and he had this wheelchair, and he would just roll around the neighborhood. Nobody ever, you know, he's better <laughs> than Jerry, ours. Jerry Fox ran halfway across Canada with one leg. <laughs> <laughs> you think Howard when he sees a road he sees like those 3D pictures where you're supposed to stare at it for a long time and squint so you can see something <laughs> maybe he's not human maybe not maybe yeah well we not human here if yeah. somebody Ooh. let him off two blocks from here so I haven't had a lot of fun oh well <clears throat> when we finish hyping this and working on it and telling everybody how wonderful it is I'll give you a shout and I'll take you some couple of places you think you could uh, expose me to some new cultures and things well if not <laughs> Like what? <laughs> just like this is just his, notice the same thing he did with Machine Gun Kelly. You think I you take me to LA and we'll play beer pong? <laughs> this is exactly what I think when we when we covered that. I said he's just like uh, meet Joe Black to <laughs> teach me how to emote. <laughs> this is all it is. It's yeah. always this, and this is the problem with the interview is if yeah. you don't understand the basic, if you don't understand the basic cultural rules the game of being human yes you're already you're at a disadvantage it's and that's Candyland. so it's that basic yeah you're, you're never going to get above that basic flip a card and go to a color if you right. don't understand that how the fuck are you going to play scrabble idiot like so, you're, you're not going to get it <laughs> an interview like this only serves to prove that Marcy Turk is just a, like, that's why we call her Supreme Grifter because she knows like he's going to get found out eventually and that the gravy train will stop. He'll have to fire her. He doesn't get a gig. She's not making, he's not working. So he doesn't need her anymore if she's still employed. And when we get to ask Richie, I want to ask that question about the, the I want to ask more Marcy related questions because, um, like there has to be some kind of like everybody else knows everybody else knew that Robin's like Brendan Murphy was a fucking grifter. Everybody knows that, you know, this person's bad for so-and-so, but except these two stupid no minds who basically run the show. Right. So I think that more as we get into this, the more I want to know, because I think this actually delves into more of a bigger picture of who are these frameworkers that keep this house of cards Together. a mansion. Yeah. I, I want to know who are these people that continue this. And there yeah. has to be some sort of networking. It's not just Marcy. There nope. has to be no. some sort of undercurrent. It's and that, I'm not even saying getting uh, things done. There no. is some sort of undercurrent that is purveying. Like, for example, this giant thing that happened with Alec. Now there's all these fluff pieces about their new surrogate baby or this new. Everything is enchanting in this way that's not really the reality of what we see this interview was a goddamn bomb and mm -hmm. most of his are a goddamn bomb but it's mm -hmm. presented in these when you google howard stern and you click news 
they will fluff him in this way that's not really the reality of what we're hearing. Yes. So who is, who is a part of this? Yeah. What's it's a, the happening? And you're right. It's like the Stern show was a mansion and now it's like one of these Detroit hovels and it's been completely stripped yet. It's still standing like the structure structurally. It's still there, but the siding is gone. The brick, the copper piping is totally taken out. Totally. Yeah, exactly. I know five at the Plaza hotel is still here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure there's still a plaque on the wall and plenty of other things. too. (laughs) I mean, you really lived a life. I mean, you You were a rock star. Yeah. No, I was just a lucky guy. With a lot of limos outside that I didn't book. <laughs> There's not too many people who could sing like you, my friend. Mm. You know, I got to tell you, I went to see you guys. And I tell you, I, <laughs> let me tell you more about my life. I never left the house, but I went 1977. <laughs> I go to Madison Square Garden to see you guys. They're saying this could be the last Led Zeppelin tour, blah, 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 <laughs> so blah. Here we go. So I go because I'm such a fan. The f- some people in Madison Square Garden were dropping. No, you go because you're maybe. such not a fan. You go because yeah. you're not a fan. I go because I got nothing to do. Yeah, and got a free ticket. I scammed a free ticket from someone, and I went. Which are quarter sticks of dynamite know, yeah. down on, mm. on, on the audience. And I got scared. I was like, oh, my God. I mean, It's I, the one time you... I was on stage seeing it happen, asshole. Went out. And yeah. I was like, <laughs> I'm a golden retriever. Things like that scare me. Exactly. I was yeah. right. It's scary. Do you remember that experience? Yeah, there were cherry bombs, weren't they? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. It freaked me out. Cherry bombs are dynamite. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, this guy lived in England and uh, whoa, didn't the IRA like blow up Prince Charles' uncle's boat? <laughs> they grew up with like bomb, like swimming in bomb craters from World War II and they had like right. rations until like 1955, <laughs> like 10 years after the war. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking queen was a mechanic in the war. What are you talking about? He's fucking scared of fireworks. <laughs> And I think you told the crowd, stop, but I don't know if they I did. think that would have been a good idea, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, number 40. Hey, hey, this guy looks gay. Do you remember me leaving that concert back in 19... 19- Could uh, you see him? <laughs> because see he me? got up. <laughs> yeah. did you, I didn't know we allowed... What can we, don't we, I didn't know we allowed foul into the auditorium. <laughs> <laughs> we were... It was always Marfan Syndrome Day. <laughs> <laughs> all, all avian life gets a backstage pass. Goes out the door. I think I left before I got there. Meanwhile, that was the last show you, you guys like ever did in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. In New York City. Yeah. Oh, good. Thank you for telling the story. Meanwhile, you know, it's your life. Yeah. You never sit and think about the amount of money. If you and Paige and uh, John Paul Jones went on You're court. always talking about the money. No, you know, I, come on, I, stop I, it. Money, money is a consideration. You know, I've got to go and get that bus now. Yeah. Oh, but seriously. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, it's so awesome. It's such perfect. Um, this it's is the perfect condescending thwart. Like he's amazing at this. He's yeah. he's built it up. Yeah. It's it's been uh very uh integral. Like he's you know climactically getting better at mm-hmm. swatting him. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I mean, the truth is, and the truth of the thing is we just spent, I don't know, like three, six, seven clips ago, I guess, where he was trying to wind it down. Cause like he, he was sound feeling about like, oh, I can tell at one point Howard obviously got the vibe that he wants to leave. So let him go. But then for some reason he decided something triggered him like, oh, let's continue this. He seems to want to stay now. 
Whereas if you have it in the old Howard, in the old days, he had a perfect sort of almost perfect sense of, okay, it's enough now. We did great. Now it's like the longer, the better, the more, the better. Let's hope we can still trudge through this fucking shit pile and find some pearls. See, I think he lost his sense because he lost the people in the room that he trusts. So they don't have no, they don't have any part of this. When he was, you know, ping-ponging and, you know. Passing the ball. He he could sense, he could sense what's happening more with the interviewer because they are actually human. So it was more of a network and he could kind of, even though he has always been this person. He yeah. could fake the identity of a human more Bingo. with other humans interacting In the with the interview. So <laughs> then it, seem like it would be a better interview. He yeah. could sense the timing and he knew what to do. And now when it's just him, it really is like mannequin. Yeah, you're so astute. That's a, such a great observation. Um, yeah, it's, it used to be you think you were in a group with humans and now you're in with uh, like a fucking couch and, and, and like, a, like a, per, a human impersonator. Yeah, you're in with a fake plant. Yeah, and Fred's outside booking gigs for King Norris outside of Hackensack. <laughs> oh my God, if I were Fred, I would have, after this, I would fucking laugh forever. I'd be like, Allison, for old times, you want to come over and laugh at this piece of shit? <laughs> Honestly, they must like with popcorn, like kicking back, listening to this in full stereo. 20 and 20 seconds. <laughs> Mr. Plant. Look, if you want a nice life and you want to have some win friends and influence people, Go ahead. shut the fuck up. About money? About anything. Was Mr. Plant so fucking stupid? It's stupid. It's also like fake. It's fake, like fake fawning as well. Like he fawned at some point. Regalness. Yeah, and then like Mr. Plant now because you know it's going poorly. He's Mr. Plant, but before it's you know. (laughs) You might as well say Mr. Peanut. (laughs) <laughs> living if i if i shut the fuck up i did i swear yes you, <laughs> yes, did. you did oh my I, goodness i told my girlfriend i wouldn't do that well look, oh you do very, have a girlfriend yeah. wait don't go it's sit very back nice down. to me now come on say goodbye to uh, me no. be careful wait a minute wait a minute down. where are you going why are you leaving let me say a proper goodbye <laughs> let me say a proper goodbye let me look at you one last time because it's <laughs> he's got one foot out the door <laughs> you can just see howard like trying to pull at his sweater like kids you know when you have to drag kids <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's a mom at daycare that doesn't know it's just better to drop off. <laughs> you you have to just leave, otherwise they're sitting at the gra- the gate screaming. <laughs> it doesn't go well. No, it doesn't. Just go. It's like slight, It's like it's like when they used to give you the the, the vaccines. So the nurses would like talk to you, and as they were talking to you, oh, you know, there you go, back to your class. <laughs> yeah, this isn't going well. He no. really is. He's yeah. He's seventy nine. The last time. Thank you for doing this. <laughs> for a hero, you understand? Yes, Dad. You meant to stop that. Yes. Take a compliment. You're very uncomfortable with compliments, aren't you? Well, I'm no. Just... I'm uncomfortable with this. I'm uncomfortable with this. Haven't you gotten my hints? I've suggested it throughout the whole interview, but now here you go asshole i'm uncomfortable he has turned completely into ben at that point the ben in his in his mind 
that exists in his mind's eye, not the real Ben, not the real Ben. No, God, no. And I mean, I mean, if it's possible, like younger Ben might've been like that, whatever. But in basically now it's funny. It's almost like he's now getting rejected by plants. So he's got to go angry and he can't stop that. He cannot, um, keep from doing that consciously. No, because it's a rejection and he yep. did it. He can't be rejected no, on Mike. Any level on any, on any level anywhere. And even though it's his hero, so so to speak, quote unquote, whatever, it doesn't matter what hierarchy of social echelon he thinks you're at. Yep. If it's a rejection on Mike, you might as well be a caller. You might as well be Mike from Maine or Apples or Anybody. fucking doesn't matter. It's going to have that visceral fuck you turn. You can be Jamie Presley. <laughs> <laughs> Yamaka. We speak your name. There's too many of them. Ha ha. Thank you for all the good times. Thank you for the good times. Meant meant a lot to me all these years. And I had to say that to you. Thank you, Howie. I'm getting a little emotional. Uh, Robert Plant's new album, Carry Fire, is now available wherever music is sold. Thank you very much. more information, go to robertplant.com. What a life. He's had a lot of fun. And he hasn't finished yet. (laughs) Okay. So... His life means nothing to him. His music means no. nothing. It's you gave me, you gave me a lot of, you gave me some experiences and you yeah. better let me tell you how much you meant to me and exactly. what I did and what it meant to me, and what I think your story is. Yep. That's what That's you better do. It. You better sit back and let me tell you what your story meant to me. Yeah. In a nutshell. Yeah. What's the and difference you between. It. You got yeah. mad. Yeah. What's the difference between at this point Robert Plant now fuck is fucking off and stuttering John getting a job with the Tonight Show? It's the same thing, right? Or you know whoever else like leaving to go do some or all those guys we do the uh, fair, so long farewells like Scott Einziger. I'm leaving you for a better gig. Fuck you. Yeah, I don't appreciate you taking my story. I don't really care what it means to you. This is yeah. my life. Right. I want to tell you what my life is. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. You don't want to hear wake, it. It's not about, it's not about you for the time I'm here. It's about me. Right. Yeah. And I, you can hear, of course, uh, Robert's music on many of the Sirius XM channels, including deep tracks on channel 27, blah, 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 and so on and so forth. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. That's the plug. <laughs> Fuck you. you I, would why never, I would never. Oh my God. If I were Robert Plant, you should just start a podcast if you're listening. Just yeah. start it and just start it as this is the reason why I wanted to start this and show how badly this overpaid fuck did interviewing you. That's what yeah. I would do. Absolutely. That's what we're doing. Want to say, I'd like to leave a small deposit. <clears throat> no, say something <laughs> profound. <laughs> what? Listen, dance, listen to that. Dance. Dance for me. <laughs> dance, Spider. Dance. <laughs> oh, this fucking puppet master asshole. Yeah. Now, dance. yeah. You hear the anger. Now it's in full force. Now he's angry. You're not Fred. You're not Artie. You're not Jackie. You're not Robin. You're not dancing for me. You're not doing what I did. Couldn't you tell my social cues? I'm uncomfortable. Dance. <laughs> How could you miss it this distance? What do you got a problem with what I did, Anthony? Something profound you can tell us. About what's going on now. What have you learned? What have you learned? What, after all these years? uh, 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 The the, the (laughs) listeners who are, listeners who are, 
right. the readers who are listening, I'm going to sit back there. Again. <laughs> yes, don't worry, Robert. We has we, the we same understand. <laughs> Give us some words of wisdom. He's fucking flustered. His mind's going like, please, my 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 fucking. Give me my kingdom for a fucking ex- exit plan here. You know what's so incredibly ironic yeah. is when somebody is forcing words of wisdom and making you give them and saying, yeah. give me words of wisdom. Right. Everything you've done up until this point has given us the wisdom to know what not to do in an interview. So here, thank you. <laughs> you. You did a, we don't really need him to say anything. His flustered, uh, self not answering you in this way yeah. is the most yeah. intelligent thing he could do. I think so. Been on asphalt, uh, how to lay it properly. Yeah. Some <laughs> wor- words of wisdom. Something. Uh, something you can give us hope. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm not going to put you on the spot, but thank you for coming in and thank you for everything and all that. It's I'm a well, pleasure. And thank you for having me and very nice to meet you too, my it dear. It was a pleasure. I, I didn't realize it'd be something... Other than Howard to dick. So that means it was presented to him, just Howard. It's just Howard. You're going to get interviewed with one person. I didn't know there's other people in the room. Yeah, I I don't think he knew he was going to be steamrolled by a 79. <laughs> Call my fancy. Very nice. <laughs> you didn't know about Robin, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, Robin's a big fan over there, too. Believe I am, me. I am. You have no idea. Robin doesn't look like she does, by the way, in the 94. Robin doesn't look like she does in the 94 clips, you know, with the dreads piled and she's has makeup on and she's somewhat sexy and, you know, cute chest and whatever. She's not that Robin. You're getting a. (laughs) She basically looks like Krusty the Clown in a fucking glass box. It's not impressive. Yeah, you're getting late stage Mahalia Jackson. Right. Nice uh, to meet you two guys. Nice to meet yeah, you. Have, and, a, have uh, a good time until I see you again. And Carrie Fire is the mm-hmm. name of the new album. We'll be back right after these uh, words. Smoothie. <laughs> okay, so the next one. Yeah, go ahead. That's that it. That's that. it. That's no, it. But, That's all he got for the promotion. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I mean, he played a couple songs. There, there are a couple more that I didn't uh, go through. Like at least one or two. Like it was one more, and it was no, just. No, I like, know, but think what he could have been doing with yeah, this. He could have been shit talking loves. about. Listen, we know what you've done in Zeppelin. Let's go for what's your mindset here? And how did you, it, there could have been so many things he could have asked. Oh, yes. Like, you see, not, you, you, what are the qualifications of the musicians that you hired and did they fawn and lick your asshole? No, <laughs> nobody cares about that. No. And what the thing is, every time you hear a Wiggy interview now, all you hear are the questions he doesn't ask. Now I get through like it now because of the show, we get like, is there, was there a gay question? Of course, there's a million of them. Did he come on to them? Did he, you know, offer up, uh, uh, Fred's dick? Uh, did he offer up Robin? You know, we know all the tropes, but now when I hear it, I'm also hearing, this is what you miss. This is what you miss. This is what you miss. That's all I hear now. These empty holes of an interview. You know, what's so funny. We always mock this, but I think there should be a point where we have a segment where it's, this is what we would have said. Because yeah. that's actually very interesting. I think to so. To me. Because I really do. Eh, there is more. Um, there's more pauses in interviews of other people that I get more out of than yes. what's happening here. <laughs> okay. There's more spaces of silence that I get more out of. <laughs> so this is, we're almost done. Clip 41, sifting through the rubble of the interview. Jeez, I love that guy. 
I know you were kind of fawning over him. I, I couldn't know. come on to him because you were doing. I know I was so coming much. on to him. <laughs> uh, I I want him to sit down. No, there's no there's not enough time, and we kept him here for like an hour and a half. It's <laughs> not Tell enough time. Me, there's not enough time. Could you imagine just doing this podcast and all we got out of it is like I burped "Happy Birthday" and farted something? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. things. What are you talking about? There's not enough time. All there was was time. What we could have done with 15 minutes of plant, just you and me. Oh, I bet yeah. he wishes. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Awesome. I think it takes a while for him to open up. You know, like that was our first crack at him. He's got to get back in here. I mean, there's several hours that I, I mean, hours a day after high school, because I had no friends in high school, and then I would just go home and listen to those records. I don't um, believe that. And I also no. don't, uh, if I could have another crack at him. So how many times has David Spade, Alec Baldwin... <laughs> Uh, any of these people come in, yeah. Sarah Silverman, it's always the same carousel of questions. There are no more nuanced conversations to be had with these people who are actually in different places in their lives. They don't mm -hmm. want to talk about Chris Farley every fucking time, you mm -hmm. idiot. No, they don't. I mean, there's, there's, he's already, he's put out a book. He's put out, like, there's been a documentary. Uh, Chris has had his own book out, so you don't need certain things to talk to Spade about. That's one of them. The last clip is called 79 Gets His Numbers Wrong as Usual. What up? You know, I love how you talked about this. You know, the album that uh, Robert Allison Krauss and, uh, uh -huh. uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Jones did. Hey, he won a Grammy for it. That's what I was talking about. This guy sounds like he's in a wind tunnel. Yeah, what what are we listening to? And what is his sounds, question? <laughs> sounds like some <laughs> other podcast I know. <laughs> it also sounds like the Stern Show in four years. I don't know. You're just talking uh, Robert Plant. They sold like two or three hundred albums, those guys. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? What a fucking... That's a 79. Uh, the uh, Racing Sand, the Alison Krauss album, sold a million copies. A million. I don't think the private parts soundtrack topped 700,000. <laughs> Just to give you well, guys an idea. <laughs> they're the OGs, so. <laughs> <laughs> Anything goes when it comes down because <laughs> pimpin' ain't easy. Pimpin' ain't easy. <laughs> Tip, tip, towing, scoop lovers out hoeing, bragging to the fellas how my flat top was rolling, buying drinks for the ladies, money I was blowing, right in front of me, mm, not even knowing, a brown skin cutie, big plump booty, name tag reading, eat off enough tootie, bullseye, bing, the girl of my dreams, from my eyesight that was what it seemed, I said, uh, come a little bit closer to scoop that nice church guy, she said, hi, 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 I really been wanting to meet you, I just got paid and I'd be very glad to treat you, how about dinner, a Salisbury steak, I said, sorry honey dip, but I already ate, so I nonchalantly <laughs> shoved my shoulder, went the tootie cause the girl was much older, east to the bends, I slowly walked, clearing up my throat so I could stop my smooth talk, sex in my mind, I was sure of it, I to tax that ass like the government. <laughs> what are you, Artie? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> when you love rap, a certain time of rap, all of a sudden when you say OG, it just sends me back to the golden age of hip hop when Big Daddy Kane, Kumo D, Public Enemy, Ice T, uh, NWA, 
Ice Cube. And I, oh, you listen to something so much, you just fucking memorize it. Like, so lyrics, and that's never been a problem for me, memorizing lyrics, although some of them are funny. Uh, one of the Bob Marley lyrics was, um, what was the one? Uh, uh, no Woman, No Cry. I think he said, what was the one? Uh, and we will cook cornmeal porridge or something like that. I always get the lyrics wrong. <laughs> I only just know the Fuji's version. <laughs> <laughs> Generational overturn. Anyway, guys, when she said OG, oh, she just tricked me. Sorry. Pulse of the rhyme flow. <laughs> Kick it. <laughs> it might end up cutting East Coast, out. West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> Signify. <laughs> I am so white. <laughs> Okay, guys, uh, we're going to let you go. Thanks so much for listening to this. We had more we were going to do, but we've, it's already going into four hours, <laughs> sort of like three hours of this one. So it depends how I cut it up. You'll see um, what you get um, in terms of two parts, but it's definitely going to be a two-parter. But um, definitely get nothing from Robert Plant. <laughs> no, so we apologize if this didn't make it to uh, YouTube, but that's fine. Go on to Podbean. For those of you who want to uh, contribute to the show, we now have PayPal. Uh, it's uh, You can see it in the beginning of this video. And also in the description, we want to thank Raven Alexis for all the massive clip taking she's been doing. And we hope he's not live this week, but we're counting on it. And, um, we want to thank everybody at QF for being such awesome, awesome fans. And we love all of you. Yeah. Thanks guys. We love you. Love you, Raven. And take care guys. Have a good one. Well, it sounds fascinating. Hey, Howard, this makes sense. I, I just read in page six, Diana DeGuarmo was writing a book. It's called Go Away, Little Monster. <laughs> well, Eric, I wish you luck with this book. I do. And take your little dog with you. And uh, I was, I'm very excited to have a reading and uh, hear what you have to say, okay? Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Thank you. Hey, Ar hey Artie, how many brain cells have you actually?